The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. It's come down to this. 100 laps, five to go. At the line, five cars, nose and tail, heading down into turn number one. It's anybody's race. Inside Florida Racing. It's definitely crunch time. Somebody's going to have to make a move. Three laps to go as they cross the start-finish line. Going down into turn number one. They start to fan out. Coming off a of two, they're side-by-side side, down the back straightaway. Inside Florida Racing. That's it. Coming off a of turn four, white flag in the air. Checkers are wreckers. Anybody's race as they go down to turn number one. They fan out. Two by two, three wide. Coming off the turn number two, they get sideways down the back straightaway. Someone breaks loose to the top, trying to make the run up on the high side. Going to do it the hard way around. Coming around four, there's still two by two. Three cars drop back. It's one car coming out sideways. Two's on the inside, coming to the line. It's anybody's race. Inside Florida race. Inside Florida racing. 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 What's his you name? You are Inside Florida Racing. You think? You think? Can you screw that up anymore? I mean, inside Florida Racing. Inside Florida. Florida. Inside Florida Racing. Inside Florida Racing. Hey, Rob, CC's voice sure changed over the last week, didn't it? What are you going to say? She's taking steroids? A little low. Huh? Sounds a little low. Yeah, she, she's got a deeper voice nowadays. Hi, 1-800-CALL-ME. Yeah, so uh, how you been, Rob? Well, that's what everybody's got to figure out, and you're not supposed to tell them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we have a uh, a mystery guest uh, co-host uh, tonight. Yeah, my uh, my twin sister could not be here, so here I am. So, uh, Rob, what's the word, man? Oh, uh, I had a good weekend. I uh, pretty much did monster truck announcing in Arcadia for two nights in a row. That was exciting. Monster trucks? What? Which? Uh, which clan of monster trucks was it? ETC Extreme Truck Challenge. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was good though, man. It was it was cool. It always is, you know, a big crowd, and uh, you know, uh, I saw some people from uh, Charlotte County Speedway. As a matter of fact, on Friday night, there uh, having a good time, you know, watching the show, and you know, there's monster trucks and quads. You know, uh, the big the big dog was Gunslinger uh, Scott Marsock. And uh, he didn't flip his truck over or anything, but he tried to climb up over another one. That's always exciting. Wow. Uh, it's always nice that those guys will go out and destroy those multi-thousands of dollars worth of truck equipment to enjoy, <laughs> entertain a crowd. Yeah, it is crazy, you know. Uh, but the crowd was entertained, and that's what's important. And, uh, you know, uh, whatever. What did you guys do? What, what the, the mystery host, what did you do this weekend? Maybe people can figure out who you are. Well, I spent my weekend at East Bay Raceway Park watching the uh, ASCS Rebel Region do their final event of the year with 33 sprint cars on the track trying to squeeze into a 20, I believe it was only 22 that they started. He was hanging out with the drunken announcer. Oh, yeah, he's, who doesn't drink, by the way. He told me at uh, East Bay. Yeah, he's, 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 Scotty says, uh, listen, uh, you know, I don't even drink. Yeah, he's been he's been taking steroids or something because his voice changed. That's funny yeah. though. But you know, Bill, you have a, a interesting. Ah, you gave it away. Oh my God, man, I can't believe it, man. Jesus, Jack. Say, that was a clue that at least he was from Tampa or he worked for the Tampa. Tribune. <laughs> <laughs> no, he worked for the Tampa Tribune. Yeah, thanks. Give it away. So, but but tell us about it. that. Was very special, and maybe we'll have. This oh, it was. Oh, yes, yes. Tell uh, us about it. It's very I, special. First off, thanks for inviting me back up. You're I mean, welcome, I know man. you were in a pinch, and I'm only the pinch hitter anymore. But uh, it's nice to be back on the air. Uh, a lot of folks uh, 
still remember bits and pieces of my lifetime, so that's been fun. But, yeah, no, I went to... Is it, is it that bad, man? <laughs> hey, my phone ain't ringing, brother. Yours is. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and we're going to hear that echo a lot tonight, I think, if you get to talk yep, to my, that, my special guest. But uh, <laughs> I went, I went and got to see one of the uh, one of the the neatest races for me to finally go back. And I went for one reason. That was because I traveled with the USCS for quite a while, and a lot of those drivers were now running in this Rebel Region deal. And I thought, you know, the most all of them will show up for this final event of the year, so maybe I can go up and say hi to some of the guys. And sure enough, man, Kenny Adams, uh, Danny Martin, uh, Terry Gray, they were all there. Everybody was there, really and truly. It was a great, great event. And I uh, got to see uh, Guy Boss. I mean, you ain't seen him racing in a while. And such as that. So, I mean, I, I had a really great time. got to see people. But the, the one guy that showed up that I didn't even know was going to be there was Superman Sport Allen. Superman. He had gotten called at 3 in the afternoon that day while he was mowing his yard. And Robbie Smith had taken ill. And he went and drove the Hancock Motorsports machine to a victory, no less. And, and Rob, you know that's very amazing because here we ask, we're always talking about what are race car drivers doing when they're not racing. Well, Sport hasn't driven since March, yeah, he and did. he was out cutting his grass on a Saturday afternoon because he doesn't have a ride, nor the obviously the means to get into a, a sprint car, and he's one of the best race car drivers in the state of Florida. Yep, he said his phone had not rung since he had been at Ocala for that race event up there that he ran for the Mulligans, yep. and nobody had called, and he'd pretty much uh, he'd renovated his house a little bit, he said he didn't keep one iota item in the house that had anything to do with racing. He said, I just gave up. I figured it was over. My 15 minutes of fame was done. And so he went home, and he's got a great life going. He loves uh, working for UPS and hustling them packages, staying in shape. Sport and, Allen. And it's amazing. And uh, I said, well, at least UPS got one of the fastest drivers in the country, I'm sure. And he was laughing, but no, he was just, a, he was really in awe of his own situation and that he could come back and do it. He said, I, if 25 laps was the distance, but after 20 laps, they had a red flag. And he said, I was sitting there in a the car going, man, my head sure does feel heavy and stuff. He thought he might not be able to last, but uh, he managed to hang on and win it. And it was an awesome, awesome night. The fans even remembered Sport Allen. I mean, they, when they said his name the first time when he came out for the first heat race, he never got to do practice, so nobody knew he was in the car yet. Even the people at the track didn't know he was in the car until he drove out on the track, and somebody said, hey, that's Sport Allen, not Robbie Smith. Wow. And so it was just an amazing night for him, and it really boosted his uh, his ego. It boosted his mentality on the whole situation because I talked to him again last night and, and did an interview getting ready for the Tampa Tribune this week. And man, it's a, he's got a whole new look on the way things are, and he hopes that you know maybe he'll get another phone call and get to do more. So Robbie Smith is sick again. <laughs> well, yeah, right. And uh, so, speaking of open wheel tonight, tonight's show, we're going to have uh, Davy uh, Hamilton on, who has uh, got a little bit of open wheel experience. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. He's uh, he's involved with the new IRL uh, situation. They're going to do some. Uh, uh, ride-along programs and some racing school stuff, I guess, up at Disney World, and they're going to yeah, join me, in. Me and CC are going to Disney World, and uh, we're going to try that out. Yeah, you'll you'll be behind in me in line because I'm going to. But what is this? He steps in. He sits in for a night. And now he's. he's <laughs> no, I've been talking. I've been talking to Jeff for a couple of weeks about it. So uh, 
he got me hooked up pretty good, and I had to take a half a day off work to get there. Right, he's going. Uh, uh, yeah, the media day for that uh, Indy Racing Experience deal at uh, uh, Mickey's World over there is uh, this Thursday. This Thursday, and Bill's uh, going over there. I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to go or not. But this Thursday, yeah. If you they they would like you to uh, they would like you to go if you can, Rob. Um, I explained to him Cece's. Uh, uh, situation, but uh, they'd like you to go if you can. And uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Davey's going to be on with us here tonight, and uh, that's going to be pretty special. He also was a, you know, he it's more than just an IRL, oh, yeah, you know, no. just more than, than an IndyCar driver. He, he has uh, been a track owner, a short track owner for uh, stock car racing. And uh, tell him where uh, Terre Haute, I do Terre Haute, Indiana. Yeah, Terre Haute, Indiana. Nice little track. And uh, also uh, as <clears throat> a lot of experience driving modifieds, but. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the man, Florida, <laughs> the legend, the, the legendary track Flo- owner. Uh, I may say, the most dangerous man in Florida stock car racing. Yeah, you've said that a few too many times. I think <laughs> Robert Hart. He'd be uh, awesome to talk to again. It's been always nice to talk to Robert. I get a chance every once in a while. I go to New Smyrna. I'm sitting up there in the tower, and he'll walk by, and I'll get a chance to talk to him for three or four minutes before somebody else snatches him away to ask him something. But uh, it's always nice to talk to Robert. So. Uh, Rob, you gonna race up? Are you gonna race up at Citrus uh, in January? I'm sure gonna try to part part of the winter spectacular. The second part of it, uh, the first part. Uh, what's the date of the first part? The third, I do believe. The third of January, I do believe. Do we lose him? Hey, uh, Rob. Hello, Mister Rob. Anyway, there? yeah, yeah, you the, went the away. Third, but... uh, you, you can't go too far from that base station, man. The uh, the third of January and then the seventeenth of uh, January, I believe, are the dates. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is that uh, I'd like to go, uh, maybe uh, you and Cece and I on the third, and uh, check out the modifieds and uh, see what's happening there at Citrus. You know, we've heard all kinds of things, good and bad, about uh, Citrus and uh, how things are going there. And I think the Winter Spectacular should be a spectacular event. Yep, we're going to do all that. We're going to, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Bill's got a couple of announcements here to make. Um, I think we're going to get right to uh, calling uh, calling on uh, uh, Davey Hamilton front and center. And then uh, after, uh, hopefully, we're going to try to hook up with uh, Sport Allen. And uh, and we might even get t- time late in the show to talk about uh, the subject of uh, redneck revenge and frontier justice and Bobby Deal taking a stand. Maybe. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, we won't be all shut out altogether for that, but, uh, looking forward to it. Hey, Rob, do you know that there's a, a couple of things coming up? I know that you really love going and watching if you don't get to race at it, and that's the uh, 43rd annual Governor's Cup, man. What kind of noise you got hearing about the Governor's Cup this year? Well, you know, that is one of the, uh, monstrous, uh, late model races in the state of Florida, one of the biggest, and what is it, like the 42nd or 43rd year? 43rd, 43rd this time by. So, uh, let me, uh, let me tell the folks some of the stuff I got here in front of me. It's the uh, 43rd Governor's Cup. Uh, you can go to the Florida History section now, right here at Karnak. Jack's uh, hooked it up where you can keep up with all the information about the, uh, Governor's Cup information. And, uh, so that 43rd one coming up, it'll be an awesome, awesome night. You know it will be. And Robert Hart will be uh, talking about that some, I'm sure, when he gets here. Uh, we got something else here to let you in on, and that is, uh, this coming Sunday, coming up, uh, next week here on Sunday. Uh, at Valdosta, Georgia, there's got a $10,000 to win super late model race. It's, uh, sanctioned by the CRA. That's the, uh, 
Southern group there. It's going to be at uh, South Georgia Motorsports Park, of course, and it's a $10,000 super late model race. You need more information on that, check it out online at the uh, georgiastockcarracing.com as well as carnac.com. Let's see, the uh, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series Banquet coming up on the 22nd. They'll be doing all their big giveaways and stuff. As well as, don't forget, uh, Pandora Jewelers, been with us all year long, uh, giving away some great uh, uh, gifts and stuff. And at the end of the year, some uh, lucky recipient's going to get that uh, special ring that they've got put together and ready for uh, the Pandora Jewelers Driver of the Year. So that will be uh, chosen amongst uh, of some of us media folks, as well as uh, some of your inputs from the uh, fans and folks that are out there and about in the uh, in the trenches watching the races week in, week out. Trying to see what else we got here. We've got Deerfield Beach. Uh, there's a shop online. That's the holiday season coming up. Also, the uh, Charity Truckers 200. Don't forget that on December 5th and 6th. That's 5th and 6th Charity Truckers 200 coming up, as well as uh, more information, of course, can be found at Carnac.com and, of course, right here on Real Racing USA. Welcome to uh, one of the greatest uh, drivers, I think, that's uh, really uh, not had the opportunities he should have sometimes, and that is uh, a good, the good man and the good driver, Mr. Davey Hamilton. Davey Hamilton, thanks for getting with us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Uh, i tell you what. Now, I don't know if you're really excited, but I am because I like uh, open-wheel cars quite a bit, and uh, getting a chance to come up to Disney and see this uh, unveiling of their uh, opportunity to come south and uh, do this driving school ride-along program. I guess they're going to have it all, aren't they? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for, for open-wheel fans and just fans in general to, you know, get an experience of what IndyCar racing is really about. And, and you know, it's the first real opportunity that somebody can actually get in a real IndyCar and, and drive it themselves. And, and for those that, you know, don't really want to drive it but feel what IndyCars are about, we have a high-speed two-seater IndyCar that we give rides in as well. So, you know, it is a great opportunity. It's a great racetrack at Disney World there, and, and um, you know, we're looking forward to it. A lot of people go through that part of the world, we know that, to go see Mickey Mouse, and uh, hopefully they'll slide over and, and check out what IndyCar racing is about. Now, I have been in touch uh, in the past with the guys from uh, the Richard Petty Driving School, because several of them used to be racers in this area, and they work for it and do things, and they say that they get that school there at Disney World gets the biggest amount of walk-up business as any in the world. And that is because people come to Orlando, they hear about it, and they go over there and ask you, hey, is there room for me to get in today? And it's that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And then we're kind of banking on the Petty guys to help out. Um, you know, they have a lot of experience there. They've been there for a long time. And, and um, you know, now it's the, the, the opportunity for a fan to either pick or choose or do both. And, and it's really the only track in the world that you have opportunity to go in the same day and do a Petty car and an Indy car. So, uh you know, it's pretty unique, and, and I think it's exciting. I mean, the IndyCar Series right now is on, on a rise. I mean, with the, the merger last year and, and uh, the unification, I should say, of the two series has been fantastic. And, and, you know, the economy has everybody down, but it seems IndyCar is still fairly strong right now. Well, now you brought me right to my uh, great entry into uh, what you thought of this situation where they kind of started combining, uh, getting back together, so to speak, and mending the wounds that were out there about car owners and sponsors and everything else that went on and the places they can even race. Uh, what do you think is the big picture now in 2009 and building into 2010 that they, they can make this really happen to, to build it back to the premier kind of series it, it once was? Yeah, you know, I think they're on their way. I think last year really showed it as, as far as, um, you know, it was a little tough at first for the champ car guys to come over and, 
kind of merged with the IRL guys with with a, a rules package they weren't familiar with, and so uh, I think this year we're going to see the competition at the end of the year was fantastic. I mean, it didn't matter if you were a champ car guy or an IRL guy, or, you know, anybody could win. <laughs> Excuse me, and um, it's a situation that where I think this year we won't be talking about the unification. That's already kind of behind us. It's just a matter of you know the, the, the how competitive the cars are on track, and you got the best of of all the drivers and all the teams and all the owners in one place now. And now it's just a matter of growing it and expanding uh, you know our fan base back to what it used to be. And and uh, you know I'm excited about being uh, being part of it. I think it's something that's needed to happen for a long time, and and it's finally here. And uh, you know the the just the on track competition. I think has shown that you know some of the best racing in the world. Well, I tell you what, folks, we're talking to Davey Hamilton uh, of Apex Racing. He's going to be uh, uh, there on Thursday, I guess, when they unveil this IRL uh, driving school ride-along program at Disney World, and that should be pretty awesome, Davey. Uh, are you going to get a chance to uh, give us a ride, or are you going to be so busy doing interviews and talking to the media? No, I, one, one reason I wanted to come and do it is I told him I wanted to be the one giving the ride. So uh, I'm <laughs> awesome. being able to give all the rides in the high-speed two-seater and and, and fortunately, um, you know, my sponsor in the IndyCar Series, which is the Hewlett Packard, um, has also sponsored the, the high-speed two-seater IndyCar. So kind of fits in well. We'll be in the HP car and, and uh, giving some rides to the, to the media and, and, you know, for the grand opening. It'll be a good day. It'll be a lot of fun. Now, I've been in a two-seater sprint car, so tell me a little bit more about this two-seater Indy car. Do I get to talk to you while we're driving? Do I just get to watch and hang on? What's what's Actually, going to happen? You, you just get to watch and hang on, but I'll be honest with you. You know, we we also my track and I don't have two-seater sprint cars, and I'm I'm not going to say it's uh, it's it's a, a better ride or a funner ride because you know they're all great. Sprint cars are great, and the two-seater sprint car rides are fantastic and fun. With Indy car, you're going to feel a lot of speed that you didn't feel in that sprint car. And uh, I think you'll be amazed on, on the grip level and the corner speed that, that you'll be feeling in the IndyCar. But uh, they're both unique rides for sure. And, and anytime you get any kind of open-wheel car and go for a ride, it's pretty cool. Oh, man, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited just to get the chance to go and uh, get to cover it for because I work part-time for the Tampa Tribune, so I get to cover it for that and a little bit for Karnak, hopefully, to, to help these guys out and uh, myself uh, as well. Just, just loves racing in general. Um, the crossover and the working with the Petty program, is that going to happen all across the country or only at certain locations? Well, right now it's just Disney World, and I think uh, the Descendant Racing Group has just decided to really focus on trying to make the, the Disney uh, property um, their main goal of, of making that a success with the IndyCar series and, and, and their IndyCar experience. So right now, you know, I mean, I think it could grow to that. You just never know. But I, I think as today as we talk right now, the main focus is really, really on that particular venue and, and to make it uh, exciting and fun and make it a success. And, and you know, like I said, there's a lot of walk-up customers there. I mean, when some of the, some of the dads and moms both want to go over there and check it out while the, while the kids are at Disneyland. So, uh, it's a good opportunity. And I think if it works there, then, you know, they'll probably, they probably will venture out. But at this point, just we're really focusing on, on Disney World. Well, I talked to Jeff Smith this morning, and he said he had so many people lined up, he wasn't sure if he was going to get them all in. So I know you're going to be inundated on Thursday. But I think this is an it's awesome exciting. program. It's very and, I, and I know that it, the other thing is cool about Disney is that most of the year round, I mean, they could go Monday through Friday and ride well, it in. Well, when know. we were there to do this thing with uh, the special with uh, Richard Petty about eight years ago, the driving experience there, one of the things I was amazed, which – you know, if you live in Florida, yada, this is a no-brainer, but I didn't realize until I was there doing it how many foreign tourists 
come to Disney and how many of them were there for the stock car ride. So oh, yeah. that's a huge no, part the, of it, too, the, the exposure. The penny guy said more sign language went on oh, than yeah. talking most yeah. of the Yeah, worldwide <laughs> audience. Yeah. But you, you get in car. I take pictures. Okay. <laughs> it's one language when you get in. Everybody screams the same. Sounds all the same. doesn't matter where you're from. So. I imagine it does. <laughs> um, now, let's talk a little bit about your career in uh, indie cars and stuff. I mean, is this going to kind of like uh, get you so busy doing these kind of things that you don't get to race as much, or are you still going to get a chance to go racing? Well, you know, I, I've already backed down just doing indie, really. I'd like to do a few more events other than indie only. I mean, we've, we've had some success the last couple of years trying to be a one-off deal, but you know, it's tough. Um, when, when I was full-time, it was kind of easy to go race every weekend. But when you just show up uh, for the Indy 500 and try to compete against Castro Nevis and Canaan and Dixon, these guys, it's not easy. And, and like I say, we've been fortunate to, to, to run well and be competitive with them. But um, I would like to do a few more, just maybe before the Indy 500, kind of some warm-ups. And, and, uh, and I'm still doing a lot of short track stuff. You know, that's where I, where I grew up doing, and, and it's what I love. And um, you know, I have a, a racetrack in Idaho called Meridian Speedway. It's a little quarter mile paved that we race, um, sprint cars and late models and so forth on. I have a track in Terre Haute, Indiana, a half mile dirt track that we do six events a year. And, and so I'm into a little bit of promotion. And, and right now I'm actually, I just landed in LA and, and I'm heading out to Irwindale Speedway to, to test the midget and the sprint car tomorrow to get ready for turkey night. So I'm still feel pretty active in the cockpit as well, but. A lot more short track stuff than IndyCar. Well, well point. you got to watch out at Irwindale. They they put a lot of weird rubber down with those uh, drifters, so you, know, you never know what you're going to get when you get there. Yeah, exactly. And actually, the drifters are going to be putting on exhibition turkey nights as well. So uh, hopefully, we you know it's going to be fun. I mean, the, the USAC series right now is so competitive, and you know we ran Phoenix a couple weeks ago, and and uh, I mean you, when you got 45 cars and you know you're all within about three quarters of a second, it's it's tough. I mean, guys like Ryan Newman missed the show, and Danny Dryan missed the show, and one of Stewart's wow. cars, and Levi Jones missed. He had to be put on as a provisional. So it's tough. It's tough business in the series, and uh, but it's a lot of fun. Davey, one, this is Jack Smith here. One, one of the things we've been doing here on this show over the last several months is we've been interviewing a lot of the, the track promoters, doing some in-depth interviews. As a matter of fact, later on tonight we're going to have Robert Hart, uh, the owner of New Smyrna Speedway and Orlando Speed World and, and so forth on. And uh, we've been, you know, looking at uh, how the economy is uh, affecting the racing and and other things as well. I mean, just the fact that it's 2008 and it's not 1970 anymore. Um, how how are things holding up in in your area out there? Is there is is the are you able to still be able to uh, draw the cars, draw the fans at the same levels, or cha- have you had to change, make changes? Just give us an overview of what you see. Well, you know, I, I think we've been in the game a long time, and, and I think that change, you always have to change. You always have to keep it fresh and make things new as a promoter. And um, and, and fortunately, um, at, at both Terre Haute and at, at Meridian Speedway, we we had a very successful year at both of them. And some tracks were really down, but fortunately, I don't know if it's the areas that we're in or, or what, but we, we've had it. Last year was a great year. Now, what we see happening is, you know, we, what we try to do is have real reasonable ticket prices for the fan to get in, and and, and we, we are probably the cheapest in the country at both the facilities, and and so our fan base has been very good. Um, but we do notice in the upper levels uh, of the motorsports, from you know the sprint cars, the late models, that even though our car counts have been okay, that that's that that's the toughest thing is to keep the car owners and drivers continuing to come out um, with the economy the way it is, and. And so, you know, we're out trying to find sponsorship at all times, not only for our speedway, but for the participants as well, for their divisions. And, and, uh, you know, it's a full-time job. It's a lot of work to, um, 
you know, if if the racers don't show up, obviously, to we got the sandbox, but we don't have any toys, so to speak. And so, yeah, I know we got we got uh, Bonehead Rob El- Elton is uh, on our. Show. I know Rob sitting there. I can I can feel him. He wants to know how much those tickets are. You said you had the lowest price in the country. Yeah, well, I think we do. It's ten bucks. Terre Haute, we got ten dollar ticket to get in to see whether it's the Silver Crown race, the Hot Hundred, or the Holman Classic Sprint Car race. And and we're the same in Idaho. It's a ten dollar ticket to come in and see wing sprint cars and. So forth. Now at Terre Haute, uh, there's a that that's a eight ticket, a general admission ticket, and we do have reserve seating that's up to twenty dollars and some twenty two dollar tickets. But um, but if you just want to come, as a matter of fact, we have a really good deal. If you want to come in our infield at Terre Haute, it's all grass. It's a beautiful infield. It has a lot of history. As people come in, there, bring your your barbecue grill, your food, your beer, your sodas, whatever you want. You bring you, your wife, and three of your kids for twenty five bucks. All right. Wow. Rob, yeah. go ahead. I know you got a question there, man. I challenge you to be for that for the quality show of USAC races of any other track that's that that uh, you know that well. Uh, you, you spend a hundred bucks in gas to get there and still save money at that rate. <laughs> I really feel that we we are uh, very fan friendly, you know, and that's I think a key thing because without the fans, it's no good. Without the fans, none of us have anything, and and um, you know a lot of people say well. You, you got to get the fans in to make it off concessions, but on our infield, that's not the case. I mean, like I so said, we allow you to bring in your own food and drink, whatever you want. Just come and watch the race and enjoy it and and uh, try to have a lot of fun doing it and, and bring a lot of people to the venue. Yeah, Rob, are you there with us? Yeah, how does that work out, that uh, $25 deal that you do with that infield? Well, you know, it, 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 we've got a lot of people in the infield. You know, I mean, we have, you know, thousand fifteen hundred people every weekend in that infield and and it's not a big profit maker but there's a lot of excitement we hit an infield too, as well so you know the fans can go right up to the fence and talk to their favorite drivers and the, their drivers are in front of the grandstands as well for the people that choose not to stand in infield and and um but there's frisbee going on there's football throwing going on it's, it's a lot of fun and and uh, there's a lot of adult beverages in there i know so sometimes <laughs> they don't they don't walk out sometimes because they walk in um, but you know, it really isn't a profit center for us. I'll be honest with you. It does all add up and it all goes to the bottom line. But I, I think it's a situation to where we try to create an event and, and, and that's kind of like a road race in the IndyCar series. Sometimes, you know, it's more of an event than a race when we go to these street races and so forth. And that's what we try to create even at the Terre Haute. Now, I bet you've got people that are pulling their trucks or cars in and trying to get the same spot every week with their family, and all the people around them are pretty much the same people, and they start having this family-oriented party. Well, you know, and one thing that since we've taken over the track, um, back in the history of the track, if you know about it, which I really didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that much about the Tarot track before I got involved with it, but it, it was a situation where that infield was always open, and, you know, I, I hear guys that, that are my age now that, that, that were defensive kids, you know, that they could see A.J. Foyt and Bronson and John Cox and Andretti's, the guys at Rutherford's racing, and they go up the fence and talk to their heroes. And, and then the, the promoters previous to us had closed the infield completely down. They didn't pit in the infield. They didn't have any fans in the infield. It was just empty. And it just, from everybody coming back to me saying, well, you know, if the infield was open, you know, I think it would be good. It just lost a, a, lost a lot of luster and a lot of excitement by having people down in that infield for everybody. And, and I really didn't know that much about it, so, you know, I made a, a decision said, well, why don't we open the thing back up? Well, the racers complained big time. I mean, because now they have to unload their equipment because it's a situation where it's a, you, you know, we're not, the, the haulers of today are too tall to be, to stay down in there. <laughs> and so they all complained about unloading. I'll, I'll tell you what, a little story. We all know Jason Leffler and, 
He's a good buddy, and, and uh, he he won the he showed up with a sprint car team. I think Damien was driving it, or maybe his yeah, I think it was a sprint car team with Damien driving. And and he called me up and he says, "Hey, what do we got to unload for? You know, we don't want to unload and all this." I go, "Jason, I, you know, I, we're just going to try it, see if it works." And and he came down, and his crew they were all kind of bitching about it. And <laughs> when the night was over, he came up and says, "That was the best thing ever. This is the most exciting night I've ever been at Terre Haute since I've been here." So that's cool. He's doing it, and so when you got guys that that are really into the sport and see what it takes to to make fans happy, and coming from Jason, you know, I've met a lot, and I and, and I, I've had a lot of people with that same attitude, very unhappy about having to load and and be part of that field. But once it's over and they see the excitement, they they're all for it. So well, I, I, I've talked to a few people who've been to Terre Haute while you've been in involved and they say that it's really coming along that it's a great great deal uh, a lot of great racing going on in the area and stuff but before we get too deep in here and i lose you i got to go back to the uh, indie racing and i want to find out with the economy the last seven eight months man the way things have died and people jumping off bridges uh do you see that coming next year it's going to be a little tougher maybe to get those yeah. sponsors to get you there yeah, yeah, I, I do think it is. I think it's a situation where it's it's going to continue to be uh, difficult for the next few years until things kind of get turned around. Um, but it, on the good side, only one team, or I'm sorry, I'll take that back, two teams that I know of have dropped out, which is Pacific Coast and Marty Ross. But HVM said they're adding another car. So, you know, we were at 27, 28 cars for most every race, and so it only drops down one car from what we had last year, and I think that's, that's encouraging with the way the economy is, that, that, that it only looks like we're going to lose one total car. And then if we get somebody like Sarah Fisher getting a sponsor, she wants to do it full-time, and, and you know, uh, I, I know uh, Milka wants to try to do a full-time deal, also Townsend Bell. I mean, there's a lot of us that would like to do, or I say us, a lot of teams that would like to do full-time things if they just get that little bit extra funding. So um, I, I really feel confident with the, as bad as things are, um, and that, that things are still going to be good in the IndyCar series, at least for this year. And, um, you know, I could be wrong, but and maybe I'm just thinking too positive. But, but uh, you know, I, I foresee a good year next year. Well, we definitely get the picture that with Davey Hamilton, the glass is definitely probably three-quarters full. Well, I've had to look at that all my life. You know, I mean, I'm just a – you know, I'm very fortunate to be involved in the sport that I love, and 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 coming from Boise, Idaho, there's not too many racers from there. <laughs> and, right. and being able just to, you know, I had to fight, I had to fight hard, and 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 uh, you know, travel. You know, the closest tracks sometimes were not the closest, but the tracks I had to race that were a thousand miles away. And you know, it was one of those days you get off work on Friday and you drive all night, you race Saturday and you drive all the way back to be at work Monday. And and uh, I'd never get those days up, and I'm very fortunate to be able to, you know, make it to, to Indy cars and to make this an occupation instead of just a hobby for me. And so, um, you know, I, I cherish it every day, to be honest with you. And I, I continue to do things within the sport to try to make, make it good for everybody. That sounds like our buddy Bonehead there. He's traveled a lot of nights, haven't you, buddy, back and forth to the track, driving all the way, getting there, racing, and driving all the way home. Couldn't afford to stay overnight. No, yeah, man, there's a lot of traveling that we've had to do, you know. And uh, that's what happens when you're local racing. You, you know, just race late models and stuff, you know. Uh, that's that's what you do, you know, in the economy today, uh, I can only afford to race, uh, very little, you know, uh, it's definitely, uh, changed my racing for sure. Davey, uh, this weekend, speaking of late models, I understand you're going to be at, at New Smyrna Speedway? Yeah, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm definitely going to be there, and actually, there's a chance I may even race it, so, uh, I'm hoping to hop in a late model and, and, and run in the race as well, but... That hasn't been, we're, we're not done making that deal yet. I know it's close to Saturday, but, you know, that's how short track riders go. I'll, I'll show up my helmet bag. We'll see if I race. And 
but I'll definitely be there for sure. And, you know, it's one thing he just mentioned on that, that, that with the economy the way it is, that he just stays home local and races locally. And I think that probably helps our local tracks, at, as I said, at Meridian Speedway and at Terre Haute, but mostly Meridian Speedway is, is the racers still want to race, and they just they can't afford to travel out of town, so they stay local, and I think that's been helping some of the local tracks, um, you know, continuing to succeed. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I know, I know that. Uh... I know the problem is, uh, Davey, is the the uh, local track owners at all the racetracks um, do not make it um, to where it's uh, affordable in some cases, or they just don't flat get along with uh, the track owner. We've we've got some strange track owners around here. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> as a racer, I've run into a lot of those as well, and and, and you know. It's it's never easy. I mean, you're all, you're just a good guy, bad guy deal as a promoter, and 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 um, but I understand. I understand what you're saying, and and I guess maybe as a racer and promoter, but racer first. I I try to put the racer first as a promoter as well, knowing what they want, knowing that I have to take care of them, or because if I don't have them, I don't have anything. I'll have a, as I said before, I have a sandbox, but no toys to play, and and yeah. without the toys, I'm no good. And so I need to do. We need to make the fan and the racer happy and content, and. Um, sometimes that's not easy to do, um, yeah. and there's always some sour apples on all sides. But um, but I understand what you're saying, and, and um, that's unfortunate when you know you can't um, you know everybody work together. Hey, uh, listen about this trip to New Smyrna and getting up there. Uh, I take it that means they won't let you bring the two seater IRL car, but uh, <laughs> that would have been that'd awesome. Be good, that'd be a good race. I think that there may be. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know exactly what the promotion there is, but it may show up there. You never know. Obviously, there's an open modified open wheel modified class. Sure, you can get in there. <laughs> yeah, all right, exactly. Well, this is that's a that's a pretty big deal for uh, uh, the the super late model guys. Uh, you know, they 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 really. Uh, I don't think. I mean, the Snowball Derby is is a huge, huge event. Obviously, at Pensacola every year, but this the uh, Governor Florida Governor's Cup uh, is a very, very, very prestigious race for the super late model guys. And the, there's there's that's the one they really want yeah, it's, their it, name it's on. It's not that they would run it for free, but they would sure take a lot less money to run that one every year if they if they had to. But uh, they enjoy going for the big purse, and they love running uh, the Governor's Cup and getting that prestige of, I was a Governor's Cup winner, just like the guys who get the Snowball Derby love to go, hey, I won the Snowball Derby, and that's a toughie to win. So uh, it's always nice to see folks come up, and we hope you get to go because there's no doubt in my mind, I've been to New Smyrna a few times, so has Bonehead, so has Jack. There's a few of those late models that you could help. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I've been honored to be able to race it. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's a race that I haven't, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in a lot of, you know, as you say, named races are pretty important, uh, from the Copper Classic, the Oswego Classic, the Indy 500, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great races, and those are the ones that you want to want to win and, and, and be proud of, and, and uh, I'd, be, I'd be honored for me to be just part of the Governor's Cup if we can make that happen, and, and if not, I'll still be there watching, but yeah, I love there, you know, I've never been able to race in East Smyrna. We did Volusia County and Super Modified, you know, years back, but... Uh, but never have been able to sit around New Smyrna before. So. Do, you, do you find it hard to step that far back, so to speak, late models? Maybe even you've stepped into something like a street stock or something. But do you find it just as it's a lot of fun and it just gets to be a blast to go do those kind of things around the country? Well, Davey, and a two-part question there, Davey. The second part of that is explain what it's what goes through your mind when you're going 225-plus miles an hour. <laughs> well, if you're going straight and the car's good, it's all good things. But if you're out of control, it's not a, it's not that much fun. But <laughs> and 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 you know, just like any race car, you have good ones and bad ones sometimes. And uh, but I'll tell you what, it's exciting. Um, it's a job. I mean, um, I don't think anybody, even from the the best guys from Dixon, who's winning a lot of race right now, 
got IndyCar and just said it was easy his first time. You have to learn how to be to be good at it, and and uh, it's exciting and it's fun. And and um, you know, I, I, I'm like that fortunate to have that opportunity, you know, to drive for AJ Foyt my first time, and and just continue. Um, you know, I was the only guy in all the IndyCar races until I got hurt in Texas in 2001, and and was lucky enough to get back in a car and and, and get to do it again. But for me, honestly, getting back into the, the I don't even know if I want to call it the lower ranks because they're all so competitive right now. Well, it's the local track, local guys. But I, I enjoy it. I really do. I have a good time, and and um, I, I try to make it fun for the, the racers that I'm racing against. A lot of new faces and people I've never even met before, and. And uh, it, it, it's not degrading for me at all, I'll be honest with you. I'm a racing driver, and if I could do it seven, seven days a week, I would do it. And, uh, hey, Jamie, what was it like to race for uh, A.J. Foyt? I mean, he's such a hard, you know, hard person that you see in the public eye. Was he really a hard person in, in person? He's only hard when he's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you know, he's a great guy. We're still best of friends, honestly. We we talk a lot, and... and, and uh, we have a great relationship. I'll have to say that we had our ups and downs. There's no question about that. And um, but uh, and a down for me is I was a rookie going in the IndyCar series, um, driving for my hero, and, and that was difficult because I didn't want to disappoint him. And I think at that point I wasn't I was being a little too cautious, honestly. You know, because I, I wanted him to respect me and not tear up his stuff. And and uh, uh, and we. Uh, I actually did well for him though. We were running up the championship. We we ran fast. It's just. But I felt hindsight that I could have done a better job for him, and, and um, uh, but today, like I say, we're still good friends. He is—he's a—he's a great guy to be around. He's not that tough, honorary guy that we see um, on TV. He—he's pretty intense. He's pretty focused as a race driver, and he wants to win races. But away from that track, I mean, you don't—you—you you can't run into a nicer guy, honestly. Well, you were racing at that time for him when Junior was there too, his, uh, his son, right? Actually, no, you know what, uh, A.J. Jr. and I actually teammated the last two years at Indy. When um, when I drove for A.J., A.J. the fourth, he was just a little kid. He wouldn't, he'd run go-karts and stuff. So I ran for uh, um, A.J. in 1996 and 97, my first years in the IndyCar Series. So um, so it's been a long time ago. And little A.J., like I say, he's been a friend for a long time, too. And, and, and we've had a lot of fun being teammates in the 500 the last couple of years as well. Holy cow. It, this is awesome, Davey. I appreciate all the time, but I know... You're running out of time, and so are we, unfortunately. And uh, I don't want to kill it uh, and beat it to death, but uh, I'll definitely get to talk to you Thursday and uh, get and some, Saturday. Uh, yeah, get get to see you, uh, you know, as much as I can to uh, get some great inside information and stuff. Uh, uh, last but not least, on the way out here, I guess you've been down to Florida. You must have you've been to Disney a couple times, I would think, already, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. My first ever IndyCar race was on that track. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was somewhere in that neighborhood, but. Um, uh, what do you think of whenever you get to come to the south, especially I guess this time of year is great, but uh, what do you think about the tracks down here in Florida? we got a bunch of them, Daytona and so forth, that people run at. Uh, compared to the other tracks around the country, they get a little snowed in, they get a little chunked up sometimes. Yeah, you know what? I, you know, I'm, I've been fortunate to, as well to be all over this country and see racetracks, and I love them no matter where they're at. But it's always, uh, I think Florida stands out because, I think everybody's so excited, especially like speed weeks and stuff, to get out of the winter and the cold and the people up north and the snow. They want to go somewhere warm and, and, and to, to bust out, you know, to have the, really the Super Bowl of stock car racing be the first one. It's pretty cool. And and um, and all the short tracks around there that participate, and, you know, it's pretty exciting. So, you know, I'm there's, there's not a bad track ever. I, I honestly believe that. I think all racetracks are good, some better than others, some funner than others. But uh, anytime you put race cars on a track and, and – uh, 
be able to compete and have fun and have fans come and support it, it's always good. Well, man, I, I appreciate your time tonight. We do uh, greatly appreciate it, I know. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. Maybe you can get down our neck of the woods for the uh, Winter Nationals at East Bay or come on down to DeSoto for the icebreaker or something. We'll get to see you here real local. Perfect. Sounds great, guys. All right. See you Thursday. Okay. All right, Davey Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen, Apex Racing uh, driver, and uh, going to be—I guess he's going to be a little bit of everything: instructor, uh, promoter, uh, just about plays every uh, hat there is uh, out there with racing, and that's pretty awesome. And he's got some great insights. Yeah, and I think what we're going to do, uh, Rob, if you uh, do, you have anything else before we go to break? Is what we want to do is go to break and come back with uh, Mr. Fast Car, Robert Hart. He's waiting patiently on us. No, all I can say is. Uh... That was pretty cool to talk to him, man. That guy's raced a lot, man. He's raced all kinds of things. Absolutely. You know, so. yeah, we'll have, I think we should have, before, we'll have to, we'll have to have uh, Davey Hamilton back uh, to talk more about the short track, uh, when he, specifically about short track racing and his ideas as a promoter. Cause yeah. Yeah, he definitely say, has a positive I attitude. I didn't want to waste more time, but I want to get his view of <clears throat> the gadget races, the boat races, the yeah. bus races, and so forth. Get a little in depth. <laughs> but let's go, let's take his break and, uh, we're going to come back with, uh, don't go Robert far, folks. Coming right back with some more Inside Florida Racing. Following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. This is Roger Krause, driver of number 32 late model, and you're listening to Inside Florida Racing. Fast Car is Florida Racing. New Smyrna Speedway, Orlando Speed World, and Columbia Motorsports Park are where the action is. Sunbelt Super Late Model Series, Goodyear Challenge Series Late Models, Fast Car Pro Trucks. Fast Car has the most exciting traveling shows in Florida. Your racing adventure begins at www.fastcar.org. That's www.fascar.org. Here you will find links to up-to-the-minute information about all the great Fast Car racing action, NASCAR, that's Florida racing at its best. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Karnak.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Karnak gets it done. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA.
Hey, Rob, what do you think? I'll write another fine song put on there by the best button pusher in the game, Jack Smith. <laughs> hey. That was in honor of the most dangerous man hey, in America. That was, hey, Jack. <laughs> hey. Well, we want to welcome... Uh, Robert Hart on the phone. There you go. He's actually here on the phone with us, Robert. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing real good, and I'm tickled to death to be on this show tonight. Really? Well, that's cool. You know that was that what we were playing there was uh, the theme from uh, a fistful of dollars, Robert. We played that specially for you. <laughs> well, I, I, nowadays it's a fistful of quarters. <laughs> yeah, I started to say your portfolio is like the rest of it. it took a tank. So, for people who don't know uh, who Robert Hart is, Robert owns uh, New Smyrna Speedway, Orlando Speed World, Columbia Motorsports Park, and the Fast Car Sanctioning Body that's been around. As long as Florida stock cars racing's been around, just about. And uh, uh, Robert, as we talked earlier today, I I, I wanted you to to, to uh, kind of give us a background of of uh, you know you really got involved in stock car racing in a huge way uh, about 12 years ago or so. But uh, your father built New Smyrna and and fast car and all that. So tell us about the days before. Uh, and how this whole thing developed. Well, actually, uh, there's been several stories about New Smyrna, how it came about, and none of them are really, really right, but I can set you straight about now. The uh, New Smyrna Speedway was, uh, some fellas came to us. It was uh, Pete Parrish, uh, Doc Epps, and uh, I can't think of the other one. Oh, Benny Corbin. And they wanted to put a racetrack out here at the intersection of 44 and 415. And my dad always liked racing, but uh, we didn't really care about managing a racetrack. So he leased them this 33 acres at that time back in, oh, back in 1964. And they were to pay a $600 a month ground lease on this place. And... They were to pay for everything and make sure that uh, there was no liens against the property. And on top of that, they could buy the whole piece of property for $100,000. <laughs> what did they miss a gold mine? Oh, yeah, they did a r- real good job. But anyway, it was, but the thing about it was they never paid us any rent. And because they kind of had a little squabbling amongst themselves. And the only thing we wanted to do was watch a good race every Saturday night. And that went on for a couple of years. And, and uh, so we decided to go ahead. <clears throat> At that time, the only thing they had was a dirt track, uh, which was turned into a dust bowl the first night. And then they put oil on it, which now they put you in jail for doing that. And, What's the oil do? Huh? What's the oil do? Well, the oil was supposed to... Uh, you know, kind of make a big globular racetrack with what they had was they had this known as kill clay run through a kiln, and this stuff is either powdery, bone powdery, or it's a big lump clump of uh, mud that sticks to your feet. Huh. And there was no in-betweens. Anyway, they finally decided to pay the racetrack, and... Like I said, they had some lumps and bruises, and they. But anyway, they never paid the uh, the uh, monthly fee. 
mainly because they had too much uh, gobbling amongst themselves. So we decided to clear that lease off because of you know the deal with, to buy the whole piece of property for $100,000. And then we turned right back around and leased it to them again so they could recoup their money. Only thing they had put down here was was the racetrack and a little bit of asphalt and a concrete wall and a couple of uh, little buildings. It wasn't that much. And then we got in a big lawsuit with Reeve Steel in Tampa. Uh, we claimed that the the uh, grandstands were attached to the property, and they disagreed. So we all agreed to disagree. And anyway, they won and. We moved the grandstands out of this racetrack four times before we finally purchased them. So, <laughs> it was a case of, you know, that uh, back at that time, a fellow by the name of Ed Otto, which is one of the founding members of NASCAR, yeah, and he leased the racetrack. And then when the, when that was over with, then the grandstand would go back to some some place, and we'd have to. Run them back again. It was a, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was kind of hard. And it, during those days, there wasn't very much racing going on. So people, when a race came up, buddy, they came to the racetrack because it just wasn't there. wasn't Disneyland, wasn't uh, Bush Gardens, and wasn't racing on TV. Things have changed a lot since then. Right up until the early 70s, they still were using the beach some, weren't they, for testing for speed and stuff? No. Uh, the last the time that they ran on the beach was, in, I think, in 1958 because they took, uh, or that was the last race they had. Now, as far as the flying mile or something, they might have had it for a year or two after that. But. Yeah. So there was a point in, uh, I, it must have been the mid-'90s where, uh, your father, Clyde Hart, uh, brought the Governor's Cup to New Smyrna. Um, tell us about how that all came about. Well, we had a, a general manager working for us at the time. His name was Art Moody. And uh, at that time, whenever Golden Gate closed down, and there was several years that uh, nothing happened, Art Moody being a good friend of uh, the gentleman who owned the racetrack, asked me, says, uh, yeah, and ask him, he says, can we, uh, can we bring the, uh, Florida Governor's Cup over here? And they said, yes. So I got my pickup truck and we took off, went to, uh, Sunshine Speedway, picked up the, the trophy, put it in the back of my truck, <laughs> and we took off to, uh, New Smyrna Speedway. And we really got a lot of looks because everybody was wondering, what was that big fancy trophy doing in the back of that beat up truck? But, Wow, that's that's a story right there, man. That's that's amazing. And now uh, this uh, coming Saturday, of course, is the the forty third uh, running of the Florida Governor's Cup. Been running since sixty three, and uh, that that was a pretty smart move to get that trophy over to uh, New Smyrna Speedway. It kind of uh, in the nineties, I think, and at least it seems from my perspective, it seems like the uh, the, the race actually kind of came back into uh, to being something really big and special. That was that's true, and and uh, there's so much history behind that particular race that uh, you know we just could not let that thing wither away. And so I credit Art Moody with uh, 
bringing it back to New Smyrna. And we've been proud to have the uh, Florida Governor's Cup with us ever since that time. So had you planned to, uh, I mean, when your father was, you know, say in the early early 90s, I mean, did you have plans in your future to uh, take over the tracks and, and become involved as much as you are today? Yeah, from uh, the very day that uh, that we finally decided, made a business decision to take over the Speedway, uh, because I told my dad, and we, in fact, we were in a big lawsuit about something else, and I was in the lawyer's office, and I said, hey, if we have to pay everybody else's bills, we might as well make them ourselves and at least enjoy making them and being we have to pay for them. So at that point is... Uh, when we decided, well, we're going to do it, and we got some friends together to help uh, set up the uh, rules. And ever since then, we've just been kind of, uh, you know, staying close to uh, racing as we can. My dad nor I knew anything about cars. And like I said, we've just, and my dad always just wanted to sit in the back of his truck and, and watch the races. And myself, I... In 1964, I was at uh, Auburn University going to veterinary medical school, and at that time is when the when the racetrack uh, became born. In fact, my dad told me he said, "Hey, when I came home for vacation, he said, let me take you over the racetrack. We're going to be the first one to run around this racetrack.'" And they had all the dirt piled up you know, the turns and all this, and here's these big clumps of uh, what I call hard pan, clumps of clay. And uh, we took off my mother's Bonneville, Bonneville <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something, we had clumps of dirt flying every which way. That was back when it d- didn't even have a wall. How big they, was it? Over oh, half mile. Same size as it is oh, now, yeah, but it same, was dirt? Same it is, and like I said, they were still digging dirt from around the turns and piling up on the uh, on the uh, turns, one, all four turns. And my dad was, uh, we had the best time. We just took off and rode around that thing probably about ten times, I guess. And and we brought the car back home. There was there was hard pan stuck all in the uh, radiator and <laughs> underneath the car. But uh, that was our first official, uh, you know, first official race at New Smyrna Speedway with my dad with his uh, Pontiac. Uh, Robert, Robert, I want to ask you, this is Bill Green, i got to ask you, uh, being a young man, uh, going to school like you were and so forth, uh, getting ready to have a career towards uh, taking care of animals and so forth, to come back and, and see the turmoil that sometimes happened with trying to just lease the track to somebody else and then uh, progressing to the point to where you guys go, okay, this is enough, we're going to take it over and run the track, uh, those had to be, now that you look back, some great days of hanging out with your dad and, and the racers and just from the beginning understanding what that racing family everybody talks about. Oh, yeah. At that time, like I say, when you went to a racetrack, you didn't have very many of them to go to. You had you had Golden Gate. You had Sunshine Speedway. You had this new racetrack called New Spurn Speedway. Um uh, and then you got Hialeah. I don't even think Ocala was born yet. It might have been, but it. Um, 
But like I said, you know, I never, that was, I think that was a dirt track at the time. The fairgrounds in Tampa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love to always go over to the Tampa fairground because I always bet on Miss Bardall, the uh, sprint car, and I always made money with my friends that went over because I <laughs> just played dumb about these sprint cars. But Miss Bardall, I don't remember who it was. It was, um, I can't think of his name now. But anyway, that's where the, the racing bug kind of got into me back in those days. And that's back when you went to the real carnival, back when the uh, burlesque shows were still were really strong in the... In the uh, yeah, they don't go over way. good today. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were, were you from Tampa? Nope. Right here in, in downtown Samsua. So did you spend some time in Tampa, though? Nope. Just long enough to go over with... Uh, that's when... the when we went over with the 4-H kids, and all of us 4-H kids were going to go over and teach all those carny guys how to really operate, because we knew what we were going to do. We were only about 13 years old, but they took us for everything we had. Now, Robert, you'll be glad to know that I was a 4-H member and also an FFA member, you know, tractor driver, because I am a redneck, you know, uh, got cows and stuff. Were you a, a, a large animal vet? Uh, yeah, I, was, I did both. I did both. Uh, but see, back in those days, whenever I was going to school, I was always kept abreast of everything that was going on at the racetracks. And it wasn't until, I guess, probably 75, 1975, is when we took the, the speedway over. And that's when I, I was in practice at that time, part-time part down in Miami, and then I moved back up to New Smyrna Beach. And I was operating, in fact, I was, I did all the advertising, everything out of my clinic in New Smyrna. I did a lot, did a lot that people didn't even know that I was even connected with. Did you go to veterinary school because of the connection of, of uh, your uh, your father being a, a cattleman? No, no, it's, you know, we were in the, we were in the land and cattle business and got some other stuff. But uh, this was something I planned on doing. It just so happened is that the racing came in in 1976, and uh, I guess it was up until 1982 when I sold my practice that I was I, I had a dual job running my uh, veterinary practice and running New Smyrna Speedway. Now, when you say what was I doing running it, um, I was what you call. Everybody, everywhere that needed something done, I did it. And it was in this case here that, you know, if you had to do tickets uh, or work in the concession or clean the bathrooms out or uh, sweep the track, uh, I did it because it was my family's business. And I couldn't say no, could not say no because it had to get done. And that's the way it was all this time that... uh, you know, I always stayed back in the background a little bit because, as my dad always said, you always have somebody else being your lightning rod. And by the time it gets to you, then you can pretty well get it straightened out. But sometimes you meet some things head on. You know, you, you need you need somebody to kind of get a lot of the, the uh, fluff out of it until you get down to the real core of the problem. And then you sit down and figure out how to get it done. Now, Robert, I want to ask you then... The times that you, the 
that you spent uh, doing both jobs, working the track on the weekends or doing the week even, I guess, uh, when you weren't having to take care of somebody's animals or something. How many times were you at the track and somebody asked you about something about their animals or vice versa, you were at the vet clinic and somebody was calling you up asking about what tires they could get a hold of or something else? Well, the tire part, uh, we always had, you know, somebody else handling the tires for us. So I never got into that part of it. But I did have people ask me about their pets and also ask me about what kind of medication they can take to take care of some of the things they brought to the track. And it was, uh, you know, so like I said, I... Uh, oh, yeah, we're back to that burlesque thing. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I, I kept an open mind on everything. And it was, like I said, I, I had a lot of fun having the dual role of uh, everybody... Well, in medicine, uh, a lot of things that works on people works on animals, too. Oh, yeah. So now as, as we come up to, to uh, the late 90s, uh, when, when uh, you took over the complete operation of the track, uh, when the, the, the green truck was parked up on the hill for, for uh, the last time, one of the first things that you did, or at least it seemed from the outside, one of the first things you did was uh, you brought uh, Don Narone into uh, the Fast Car Organization, brought him back to work uh, with you. Um, tell us about that and, and how that all came about and why and so forth. Well, at that time, uh, prior to that, if everybody remembers, we had uh, uh, what Florida Pro, Florida Pro Racing Series. I remember. And... Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, had all that, and then then I had a lot of, you know, things that weren't working out for us, so I decided, well, you know, I'll just go ahead and start the Sunbelt Super Late Mile Series. And I thought, well, I'll just, you know, I've known Don for a long time, and he and I, we've, we've laughed a lot, and we've wrestled a lot, and we've laughed a whole lot more. And I thought, well, I'll just call Don and see if he wants to help out on this, and um, so that's that's how it came about. I just called him up and said, Don, I said, uh, let's see if we can, you know, get this thing going. And I said, I need some help on this. And he said, sure. So, so you're the one that put that crown on his head. The crown? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Go ahead, Rob. No, I, be, I think... Uh... What a relationship uh, that started out to be. I guess you guys all kind of knew each other, though. If you knew Frank Derry, then you probably knew Don Narone early in life. And uh, probably, uh, was that one of the best decisions that you thought you made in uh, in uh, racing there with uh, him in the Sunbelt Series? Yeah, I think so. Uh, with uh, See, Don used to work for us a long time ago. and uh, And like I said, we, he decided he was going to go with, uh, you know, with his uh, USA thing, and and he didn't get along with us, some of the people we had at the racetrack. So he decided he would move on, and and he left, uh, you know, with a, in a, you know, had a good recommendation from us. We never, we Don and I have never had had any arguments that we didn't get straightened out, and. Then whenever it came back with when I started this uh, super late model series, I asked him. I said, Don, I said, uh, let's get back and have some fun again. So, 
So I, when I called him up and talked to him, and in fact, I I talked to him about doing this, and he said, "Well, he he said he was he was uh, going to be working up at St. Augustine." I said, "Well, Don, I said, whenever you get finished there, give me a call." So I <laughs> so I'm up in Daytona there at the gas pump. Never forget it. I'm pumping gas, and all of a sudden I get a phone call, and it's Don, and he said, "Hey," he said, "I got some good news and bad news." I said, "Well." Give me the uh, bad news. He says. He said that uh, you know the bad news is or the the bad no the good news was I got fired. And then he said I need a job, so I said okay. So that's how. And then the next day I decided to have a heart attack. So. So I. Uh, I just always wanted to know the reason why it was Sunbelt, because I ran the Florida Pro Series with Bert. I ran all his races for like, uh, I don't know, three seasons or four seasons, you know, and it's at the time that the Sunbelt, you know, started. And I never could understand for the life of me why, you know, uh, Bert and, uh, you know, him couldn't get together, Don couldn't get together and, 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 and make it one series, you know, instead of having, okay, well, we're actually both going to run on Saturday nights a couple of times, you know, and then if you asked Don about it, he said, well, my schedule was out before his was, you know, and, and but everybody knows that Bert was running shows, you know, before, you know, the Sunbelt series started, and it, it aggravated me so much that, that I, you know, started a website myself way back then, you know, and was over there asking Don Narone, doing interviews with him, because I was mad as a driver that it was happening, and I wanted to voice my opinion about it. Well, um, <laughs> at that point in time, um, the uh, I, I told I told Bird, I said, hey, Bird, I said, let's, let's get, uh, get these tire companies, you know, going at each other and I said maybe they'll pay us a lot more and uh, you know for the point fund right so I just you know and I was running good years at the time and I just said okay I said I'll just to make everything smooth I said I said uh, I don't even worry about running good years at my track for you know during those series and uh, but I said now the next year you know we'll have to uh See what we can come up with with Goodyear kicking up money for the point fund, and the next that next year, Bert just didn't even ask me. He just went ahead had the uh, Hoosiers. So I just kind of got. I said, you know what? I said these drivers, if we can get a big point fund, we can get one bigger than what he's got going right now. So that's the reason I decided to just go ahead and and go with with Goodyear, and Goodyear was. They'd been with me up until just this last two, three months. And I think Jimmy Smith, I think, had been doing his tires for, you know, they funded our points jackets. I know all of our points jackets always said Jimmy Smith tires on them, so I'm sure that he probably used them for many years, you know. And it's unfortunate that something that was all about points through a series that, you know, because my point was is that just like with the dirt races that we see today, with these series, these guys are at least smart enough that they put the two series together, and they put on these great races where they got 50 cars that show up, and when you watch the race, you're watching the best cars race. And that was the whole point. When I started racing late models, 
there was 35 cars that would show up to these Florida Pro races, okay? And so when you actually made it in the show and you raced against Jimmy Cope and Dick Anderson and Dave Fletcher and all those guys, then you raced against the best guys. Well, when the series starts, you know, up against one and then you take these 35 guys and you split them in half, then that series, then you know what happens. The rich guys, they can go to both of them, but then the guys that don't, they can only support one. And I think myself, it was part of not the demise of late model racing, because late model racing is still great today. I just think that that's the demise of a lot of series around here. And anytime I hear one series going and another one wants to start it, it just always seems like it messes it up. Because if there had always been just one super late model series with one set of rules, you know, maybe we wouldn't be where we are today with all that. Mashie, are you going to be here Saturday? No, I can't afford to, actually. I that's been my problem. I can't afford to race right now, so you know I I I have a car and uh, I just um, I can't afford to race it outside of where I live. I just moved back to Tampa, so I'll probably be racing over at Citrus. You know when they start back up. I can only I can't travel and race anymore. So really well, doesn't that's, matter. That's one of, that's one of the the things that uh, other super late mile drivers expressed interest to me is that it just gets so expensive to travel around and so that's why we are turning our interest to Orlando and New Smyrna Speedway to focus on our weekly shows and make them as good as a traveling series. And I think that's great. You know, and that's uh you know because whenever I you know with with the gas prices even though they've come down I'm I'm just telling you it's 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 cost a bunch you know, whenever if if I if I make some money, fine. If I lose a bunch of money, I'm not telling everybody that I'm losing a bunch, and because I know these guys, it costs them a lot just to get there to collect this meager purse that I'm paying. Right. And and like I said, you know, some things have to change. Things have to change, and when it, when you get down to cost, you just got to look at it and say, hey, look. You know, we've got to change this somehow or another. Make our racing better, right at our local tracks, and uh, yeah. and, and I hope every racetrack, every racetrack, concentrates on getting their own show real good because nobody's going to help us unless we help ourselves. And the drivers have got to help us, and we got to help the drivers too. So, you fast cars. Uh, I know at least at New Smyrna, uh, you've started instituting what they're calling. Town hall meetings with the drivers as have have you seen any uh, positive results from from that? Oh yeah, I've uh, let me tell you, I've I have uh, had a number of drivers come up to me and you know shake my hand and say, hey, listen, you know what, we got to do our part. You know, you lowered your your gate prices on cert on on uh, certain races and or like all your weekly stuff and. Said, you know what? We appreciate that. Even the food prices. Some of them. In fact, one of them came up to me and says, "You know what? These are the best hamburgers I've ever eaten any place." <laughs> so I went in there and got me one from the from the from the chef and asked him. I said, "I want one as good as that guy was telling me how good they are." And I tried it out, and I told him, "I said the guy gave you a compliment. 
He reached over and grabbed two hamburgers, wrapped them up, and he said, take them to this guy, compliments of him, the chef, which really is me that's paying for it, but uh, he was... Uh, <laughs> so he gave, he gave me the two hamburgers, and I took them over to the guy, and I tacked him on the shoulder, and I said, this came from the chef thanking you for uh, giving him such cr- critiques on his food that it being so good, and this driver, he started laughing. He said, you know what, he, he said... Everything around these racetracks have really changed since we had all of our meetings and, and everybody got out and expressed their opinion. And even though, let me tell you, tell you what, I, what really irks me is if somebody has a problem and they don't talk to Robert Hart about it or somebody that gets it to me because I'm in the business to make sure everybody has a good time when they go to this racetrack. And if there's something wrong, I like to know about it now. In fact, when I go through the concessions, I'm all the time. I, I take a cup and I check the coffee out, see how it tastes. Check the hot co- uh, hot chocolate out, and if it's lukewarm, I pitch a royal bitch about that. I said, you know what? I said we're not going to be serving you know crap out through the window. I said everybody needs to check, see how good our stuff is. Because I don't want somebody to come away and say, you know, that was a, a bad hamburger. And this particular individual, and this is a very high-profile, super late-mile driver, came up to me and shook my hand and was laughing. He said, hey, Robert, he says, these are the best hamburgers I've eaten. So it's, uh, I, I, I love to make people have a good time. And if I don't have, have a good time... I take the blame for it because I sure want to make them have a better time next time. Robert, are you a member of the Cattlemen's Association? Uh, no, I am not. Do, do you guys have cows? How many cows you got? Oh, how many cows have I got? Hundreds. Oh, I don't know. The IRS might be listening. <laughs> They're not listening. They could care less. Trust me. They're looking for Jack anyway. <laughs> yeah, we blame everything on this show that goes wrong on Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I missed that because I was uh, talking to. to... No, I, I just, I just was wondering, you know, because uh, that's probably why uh, the hamburgers are so good. You know, you guys are raising them Florida cattle, and uh, they probably came. Them the they probably came from my place. They, yeah, I've got that's cows a... around the, the racetrack here. They listen to uh, the motors roaring, so they they kind of get shook up every Saturday night. Oh. They're probably pretty tender. <laughs> They get they get a good massage from the sound. Yeah. You, so, uh, this Saturday night, definitely uh, one of those big late model races is going to happen. One of those ones that you want to win. You know, where all the great drivers are going to be there. You know, uh, you guys definitely do have that deal uh, wrapped up. And uh, I tell the folks out there that are listening, if you've never been to the Florida Governors Cup, uh, you need to uh, go to it. And uh, who's who's some big names that you know are going to be there, Robert? Well. First off, I, I if anybody watches or can pick up the channel nine in the uh, viewing area, we were on the uh, I call up the uh, uh, TV people and and I asked them about. It. I said, you know what, I'd like to get a spot on uh, on the Homestead race. I'm expecting you know four or five thousand dollars, which I used to advertise quite regularly, but since Daytona got that billion-dollar contract with the uh, TV. The the spots now cost like four or five thousand dollars. So, 
the guy told me, he said, I'll get you one in there and uh, one that I can afford. So here it was. I put New Smyrna Speedway, put our little bitty ad on TV, which uh, went all over Central Florida. Uh, and like I said, I, I said, I hope everybody sees this ad because if you're going to be fishing, you might as well fish in the barrel where all the fish are. And I figured anybody who's going to the races should be watching uh watching this race well at least one person put uh, a comment on the uh proverbial uh, bathroom wall about it so uh <laughs> yeah there were people watching you can guarantee it and i imagine you might have got a few calls monday or tuesday here well i i haven't heard any didn't hear anybody no one called me about it but uh i hope there more than uh one person saw it well you know uh uh i guess uh Jeremy Colangelo, Tim Russell, and uh, Matt Bowers, those three, and be fighting for the the Sun Belt Championship, and that'll all be part of this deal, too, on uh, on oh, yeah. Saturday. So, well, You know Dave Fletcher, I'm sure he's going to be there racing. He's been, uh, he's been, he's got, he's got his late model together, so he should be there to try to capture that cup. Well, I sure hope he shows up, and we got David Rogers, and I think, uh, Wayne Anderson's going to be there. Yeah. You know, Robert, Chip. that's one thing about the Governor's Cup is is the fact that some of the names that have kind of popped up on the screen and come down to run the Governor's Cup, a few of them have won it, have, have helped build that Governor's Cup to what it somewhat is today. And the fact that, you know, the, when you get some of the names that have won it to come down and people to just run in it, uh, it's, it sometimes gets the word out a little further. And so... Uh, tell us about some of the folks who have won the race that have been uh, predominantly some of the great drivers right here in Florida, of course. But there's been guys that have come down just to, you know, kill a weekend off and come down to the sunshine and uh, have taken home a trophy. Well, the, uh, you know, we've had, uh, you know, like Anderson's and, and uh, I don't, and I had, uh, you know, Showcat. And a bunch of them come down. And you put him on the spot, Bill. Well, I know. I was thinking. I was thinking. I don't mean. I didn't mean to, Robert. But well, uh, like, like the Rudiman's. Well, and the Leroy. Other, Leroy Porter won it. He, yeah. I mean, there's been. Jim, yeah, I, just, I saw Leroy. At Mike Eddy. USA race too. Mike Eddy. Yeah. Uh, but there's just the caliber of driver, just like uh, Rob was trying to say. Uh, they really come out of the woodwork. I mean, go put a car together, Dave Pletcher, and get there. Because it just it's the place to be. Right, yeah. I would love to be able to race there, you know. If I had the sponsorship to do it, I would definitely come and uh, you, and uh, attempt it. Robert, do you remember, uh, and I, I'm just curious if you remember this, because I'm, I'm looking at the the top ten. Uh, we have a, a place on Karnak.com uh, in the Florida history section where we got a pretty good uh, overview of, of the Governor's Cup and, there's the top ten from every year, and uh, pretty much every year. And in 1968, Gary Ballou won the Governor's Cup, and Will Cagle came in second. And do you remember that? You know what? I no, I don't remember that one. That uh, 68, I was. I, I know I was probably up. At, I know I was up at Auburn University. Well, I was just looking at that top three: Billy Gill, Will Cagle, and Gary Ballou. That must have been. Yeah, but I, I'm almost. I don't want to say for sure because I wasn't very old then. But if I'm not mistaken, didn't they wind up in a fight? I don't remember. I wasn't there. I think Ballou and 
Um, I don't remember reading anything about that. One. I haven't heard. I have not heard anything about that. And uh, I mean, in 1978, ten years later, the top four: David Pletcher, Leroy Porter was third, Dick Anderson was second to Dick Trickle. Yeah, yeah. Dick Trickle was one of the ones that I was thinking of yeah, earlier that yeah. had come and, and done it and so it's forth. It's pretty amazing. Jeff Choquette is uh, supposed to be back. He's he's back in Florida after his uh, venture up in the in the Carolinas, trying to make the big time, and he's he's back been back in Florida racing some dirt, and he should be Saturday. He should be at the Governor's Cup. Robert, over the years, how well has it served the track, New Smyrna Speedway in itself, to be as close as it is to Daytona International Speedway to help you draw some attention to yourself, especially during those special speed weeks that come along each year? Well, of course, you know, that uh, it has helped us tremendously. Um, I remember there was... I remember Chris Economaki sent me a um, front page of the Los Angeles Times with a article right dead center of the sports section of the Los Angeles Times talking about the uh, uh, ugly duckling of racing and had a picture of our speedway right in the middle of the Los Angeles Times. And he wrote me a little memo, and he says, too bad you can't get good coverage like this in your own local newspaper. Talking about Daytona, you know. Yeah. And uh, we hear that all the time. I've never forgotten that. I still have that. But as far as, see, back during the time whenever um, Pete Parrish and, and uh, um, Doc Epps and Benny Corbin, they would lease the Speedway here. This is when the World Series first started, and a fellow by the name of Ed Otto, who was, like I said, was yeah. one of the last surviving members of the NASCAR uh, franchise, and uh, was finally bought out by Francis some years later. Uh, he started the World Series, and they had uh, they only had a four night show, but when we took over the racing operation, we increased it to actually. 10 days, but then we cut it back to nine. And during that time, we brought in the uh, Northeast Northeastern Modified Series and because they ran at Daytona. But being they ran at Daytona, everybody had to come down, all the uh, Modified guys, because it was points a points race. And we ended up having more cars at New Smyrna Speedway than they did at the big track. In fact, Richie Evans sent his wife to the big end-of-the-year banquet at the Daytona Hotel and to collect his trophy and left a message for his wife to say Richie was at New Smyrna Speedway. He, he had a race to go to, and he was there, so he couldn't make it to pick up his awards for, you know, to be in the NASCAR Modified Champion. And then a few years later, they kind of uh, did away with, with the... Uh, modified stuff but we've kept it ever since and that's that's been a good draw for us and like i said it's it's for sure with daytona you know that helps it helps us out tremendously if it wasn't for daytona we'd just have a regular regular well i tell you i tell you what there's fans that come from up north that their kids are still coming because they used to come with mom and dad down here to see those kind of races and get to go to the daytona 500 at times. Did the NASCAR, uh, did, did NASCAR ever try to buy uh, buy your racetrack at one time, try to buy you guys out? Not that I know of. 
I'd be the first one probably to know it. The uh, they have right now they are talking to us, wanting us to go with NAS, go NASCAR right now. And what's that going to take? Uh, what, what are they? What kind? I don't. I have no idea. Probably a lot of lot of money. Lot of something. I don't know what. But uh, yeah. going to drag you over coals, probably. Didn't we? Well, <laughs> and we've talked to them before about it, but uh, this time they seem to be more serious. So I figured I would, you know, be gentle about it, at least listen, see what they got to say. So yeah. Can I, can I ask what your opinion would be on that and why NASCAR doesn't sanction all of these track owners, racetracks for them? Probably because uh, maybe they don't want to. What is your opinion? Do you think that maybe they should and that would help racing? Because I think in a lot of ways NASCAR hurts the local racetracks because of them putting up lights at tracks and running on Saturday nights. You know, uh, you know let me tell you something. That is a business decision. You know, they are they ha- ISC, International Speedway Corporation, they have to, to answer to stockholders. And they're supposed to make money. And they're doing whatever they can to make money. It just so happens it doesn't fit real good with the Saturday night racers. But you can't say, hey, don't do that because these tracks need to make money. You know, us tracks have just, us tracks have to learn how to attract people in uh, rather than just the old ways. We have to entertain everybody that comes in this racetrack and there's more to it than just racing you've got to enter there's a fellow by the name of hugh deary he's since passed away but he was the first speaker for the uh promoters workshop up in daytona and i'll never forget and he was only he's only about he this gentleman owned rockford speedway up in illinois and he had a t-shirt up there he says you have to enter thy race fans. There you go. He said, let me tell you something, folks, and, and I'll never forget it. I, just as if I, he was standing in front of me. He said, if you think you're in the racing business, you are wrong. He said, NASCAR is in the racing business. He said, we are in the entertainment business. And it just so happened we might get a little bit of racing going on. Of course, everybody, all all my race guys come here, they race. And I take my hat off to them because they're racing. But the people in the grandstands have got to be entertained. When did he say that, Robert? Oh, that was probably back in about 1978. It's doubly, triply, or even more true now today than it was then. You know. Absolutely. And the and, uh, name is Hugh Deary. And a uh, uh, well-respected gentleman, he passed away. But I've never forgotten that, and uh, and like I said, so whenever NASCAR, whenever they're doing their stuff on Friday night or Saturday night, whatever it is, uh, sure I, I wish they weren't, but you know what? They've got people to answer to. They're in the business to make money, just like every little racetrack is. Um, it just so this, this sanctioning tracks. Do you think that would help their business out? Probably, I think it would. I don't know. I, myself, I don't think it would because it costs a lot of money. Yep. It costs a lot. So you got to turn in, I think, five percent of your of your purse every week, plus uh, you know you got your insurance and all that. And it's it's 
people just think, well, you put a NASCAR thing on, it's going to work. Nope. Well, as I told him, I said, I've got two racetracks that would possibly be looking at it. And I said, uh, I know if, if, if they did go NASCAR, uh, it'd have to cost a lot of money. You'll have to come with a lot of something to uh, offset the things that I'd have to give up. What what are the toughest issues uh, that you have to deal with as a, I mean, again, you're you're in a, a unique uh, situation, or in some cases, I guess you could say predicament, in that you own multiple racetracks in Florida. What are some of the toughest, biggest issues that uh, consume your time as a track owner? Well, you've got to, uh, you know, you listen to all your drivers, and when you're where in the position I'm in, and I try to delegate all these things to other people. But what happens is everybody that has a uh, little little details will kill you real quick, totally kill you. And everybody's got something that they need to have done to make things better. Well, you just don't jump out and, and say a knee-jerk and say, I'm gonna, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I have people pulling at me all the time pulling my ear this way, we got to do this, somebody else, we need these kind of tires, we need to, to uh, eliminate this group, we've got to uh, uh, change tires or whatever. And and on top of that, running the racetrack, you got to figure in your advertising. I have people tell me, says, you know what, we never hear your advertising. <laughs> well, I remember this RPM promo- uh, racer promoter workshop, one of the questions up there was, where do you advertise? What TV would you advertise? And one of the answers was, maybe there ain't no good TV because you got 150 channels and you just can't get a hold of everybody. But, and, and I, me, I'm afraid to, to pick what I, what I think should be because what I, what I listen to, I figure no one ever wants to listen to that. So you try to get a cross-section of where to advertise. And that that's uh, and if you advertise everything you want to, you'll be broke in about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, TV's pretty tough. And tough. then you've got, you know, you've got people that's on the payroll. You've got people that, uh, and then, then one of your biggest problems is, hey, the weather. The weather is one of the biggest race promoters there is. If it's super-duper weather, you can just about uh, hit a home run, and if it's not, you know, you get to carry that loss over to the next time. A good example is, is a Marion Edwards race I just had. I got beat up on weather back when it was scheduled at Orlando. I had TV stuff out, had radio stuff out, had to pay people to be there. But this is part of the deal. This is part of it. And if you can't stand that, you might as well get out of the business. That's where the gamble comes in, I guess. Oh, yeah. and, and then we had a fantastic race this Saturday night. But the thing about it is, you know, I had a lot of loss carryover from two or three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we had a great race, and uh, and the guy told me we had the best hamburgers ever. <laughs> well, there have been some great improvements in the concession stand and so forth. Yeah. Uh, the Governor's Cup coming up, what special things will happen that night uh, beyond the norm of uh, getting guys out there doing a little autograph session and so forth? Anything special? 
Well, we have, uh, hold on a second. We have, uh, well, we, of course, we got our autograph session. And, uh, well, we're, I, I don't think well, we got I, anything extra special. It's just that. Well, I was, I was waiting for you to get to the part about your dad's truck. Because I know that each year he usually did something special. And I wanted to take the opportunity to tell you that I don't get to New Smyrna as often as I like to. I used to always come right after the 4th of July race and go to that Sunday. But um, to, every time I get there now and I happen to turn my head around and I look and I focus on that truck, I think how cool it is that you've got it up there to represent and for the memory of your dad and so forth. And it makes me remember getting to the racetrack and getting to be a part of seeing my dad race and, and so i want to thank you for the effort that you took to do that and uh, you may have just done it selfishly for yourself or but a lot of fans apparently like your dad a lot and they they still like the fact that you keep that truck up there in in, in memory i had uh well my mother's car is up there too back whenever when my parents were alive you know my dad was here and my mother was here and my dad would generally get get to the racetrack late because he was feeding cattle or something and and uh but we we had it was it was a lot of fun because back in those days you know it just told that was you know 10 years ago and things have changed so much and uh but like i said i always keep my dad's truck up there people thank me all the time so you know we get a big smile on their face when we drive by and see clyde hart's truck up there you know Checking out over forty four, which is which the road's named after him now, from from the racetrack all the way out to uh, Interstate four. And uh, also, listen, I want to take a second here. Uh, I want to you know openly express my appreciation for my wife sticking up with me because uh, oh about about fourteen fifteen years ago, whenever I was taking care of Orlando Speed World by myself. I tell you what, I was in Orlando all the time or, or Rivard or somewhere promoting just every day, every day. And uh, she stuck up for me through all this mess. And, and my son, he's 19 years old now, and he's at uh, University of Florida. And his name is, remember this, folks, he said he's planning on either being governor of the state of Florida or the senator of the state of Florida. And his name is Andrew James Clyde Hart, and he says when he says he's going to take this racetrack over and show us all how to run it. There you go. So, and he's been hanging around with that uh, that other friend of yours, uh, Mister William Posey, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's been a page for Bill Posey up at uh, up at the legislature in Tallahassee, and uh, but anyway, they. I, I remember we had a we had all. Oh, Couple years or several years ago, back when the governor was when when the governor race was running, I remember there was one uh, one candidate came up and and Bill said to the guy, I said, "Hey, he said I want you to meet somebody." Now he's talking to this candidate, and it, and he reaches over and grabs Andrew and he says, "I want you to meet the next governor of the state of, or next governor of the state of Florida in the year such and such such as." And the uh, candidate he got a big smile on his face, and the guy and Bill Posey says, "This is Andrew James Clyde Hart's going to be next governor," and because he thought Bill was introducing him as the next governor, and uh, 
Andrew was, never forgot that because uh, Bill thinks so much of him. And he's six foot three now, and up at Gainesville, almost a straight A average, and yeah. doing pretty well. I know he's not taking after me. I guarantee you, I couldn't have got into Florida. <laughs> is Andrew is is uh, is uh, Andrew going to be uh, traveling up to uh, Washington now that uh, Bill's moved moved up up the ladder a bit? Oh, he's already he had that figured in on his plan before Bill got elected because. He even told his history professor up at Gainesville, he said, we will be going to uh, Washington, he said, because I've got connections. Yeah, because now that Bill Posey got elected uh, this year to the yeah. House of Representatives, and uh, that's uh, a pretty cool thing because he's, he's a very, very good friend of racing, obviously. Um, Robert, let me ask you, uh, we got uh, Orlando Speed World, New Smyrna Speedway, Columbia Motorsports Park, um, you just uh, uh, Terry Roberts uh, went off to uh, Georgia, and uh, so uh, Joe uh, Lewandowski's kind of taken over a part of his job. And you know, uh, I'm not sure what's happening over at Orlando, but it looks like you got some changes going on. And 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 2009 is certainly going to be a year of change for fast car. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take? Uh, take a short break here i wanted to do that anyway pay a few bills you ain't paid and, and we will come back in a few minutes Gentlemen, to Inside Florida Racing, talking with the uh, man himself, Robert Hart. Uh, he's got a great view of racing from the inside, as he's been uh, part and parcel to uh, the inner workings and building, even of uh, New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, Robert, we'll be get back to those changes. Yeah, we were just talking about changes and things going on. Uh, some of the things that uh, you've seen happen. I mean, I know that Terry Roberts did a great job for you. You've revolved in a lot of interest and even sponsorship and stuff. Uh, to lose someone like him and try to replace that is difficult, but yet we do keep going on each time somebody changes a position. So, um, what do you what do you see in the future for 2009, maybe into 10 for uh, some of the changes coming up for New Smyrna and uh, your uh, uh, tracks? Well, at uh, at New Smyrna, I've had a, I've hired a fellow by the name of Joe Lewandowski. Uh, he's been in the racing for quite a few years, and he took over the uh, space that. Uh, Terry created, and uh, Terry was uh, super great. I'm going to tell you something. Terry was, uh, we, we had a lot of fun together, and Terry was was really good for us, and I was kind of sad to see him go, but, you know, as my dad says, you, the sun comes up every day, and you put your pants on the same way, and you just keep on going. So, anyway, I got Joe, and Joe is, he's down to, you know, to the grassroots of uh, getting things together to for sponsorship. Uh, he's, you know, a lot of people are wondering, well, why did I get a hold of Joe? I said, well, because Joe is, uh, he's kind of a down-to-earth fella. In fact, I was talking to uh, another high-profile person, and I said to him, I said, he said, you know what, he said, he said I've got a lot of people I'm going to uh, have Joe talk to, 
And I said, well, I said, Joe is just, just you know, just a good guy. And this this fellow told me, he said, you know what? He says, Joe is going to work out real well with all the people that I've got. And he said, these people want to spend money. And Joe is, I think, is is great. I, I, we hadn't even missed a beat, missed a beat. But like I said, Terry is. Uh, I'm glad he's went up to Lanier and taken over that place. I, I think he's going to do a good job. But uh, anyway, he's always welcome to come back down here and and buy a ticket. Well, for the most of our race fans that are out there that, knew, that may not have even caught the fact that Terry had actually uh, gone to Lanier, uh, Terry told us a couple of years ago, I think on the air, we'd said, you know, what's in the future for you and stuff. He said, well, one day I'd kind of like to go back towards home and, and hang out. So I guess that's part and parcel to what part of this move was for him, was to get back near home and go back into Georgia. So, um, I mean, but like you said, uh, I haven't heard anybody complaining that suddenly, you know, New Smyrna's going downhill. So apparently you've chosen the right folks to fill the right hole and like i said you know rusty is is uh going to uh out to monroe louisiana to uh, uh that uh six million dollar racetrack out there and one thing about it was he only had to answer to me but out there there's got a bunch of investors he's got to answer to every day so good luck rusty he, he's gonna but rusty's gonna be good because you know what rusty is Rusty is he he's got a good gift to gab and he can talk to anybody. And like I said, I I I think it was I think it was a, a real good opportunity for Rusty. Um and like I said, he's got that big fancy racetrack out there and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But he's 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 a good guy. Rob? Yes, sir. Yeah, Rob, go ahead. No, I, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just listening. Uh, uh, Robert, let me ask you now. What about Columbia? What's the deal there? What are, you, what are we expecting in 2009? Well, Don's, Don and Sandy, you know, they run that racetrack up there, and, uh, you know, they're, they're in the process of uh, trying to buy it from me. So, like I said, I'll be, uh, you know, just kind of stand on the sidelines there while they, you know, do their little deal up there and i think that uh, we, we we had invited people to ask questions and that's one of the questions that was asked was uh the the word was out that you were still actually the owner of columbia and that they were they thought you know you might be leasing the track to them or something but in reality well, they're kind of trying to buy it well actually it's a you know lease for the option to buy yeah, I think uh, actually, I think we have asked answered most of the questions that were <laughs> everything except something about the hot dogs at the concession stand in Orlando Speed World. Apparently, that's not as good. Somebody as said one in New Smyrna. Yeah, they actually the the exact quote was those things are deadly. Oh, really? <laughs> Whoever's supplying hot dogs over there? <laughs> what did they call them? Gut grenades or something? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was. I, it, I think every racetrack has what it's called uh, <laughs> gut grenades. Um, <laughs> How's the kettle corn? Kettle corn is great when it's there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't show up that much, but uh, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll be there for the crasherama. Well, if I learned anything today, Jack, I've yeah. learned that New Smyrna has the best hamburgers at any racetrack in the state of Florida. That's right. Repetition is the, is the key of advertising, right, Rob? That's right. Okay, now, Robert, we could not possibly have you come on this show without asking this question. I want you to tell us and the race fans and 
and uh, you know, I know you won't hold back. Tell us what you really think about racing message boards. <laughs> racing message boards? Yes, sir. Well, tell you the truth, uh, I guess they're all right. I never read them. <laughs> well, now you want to you want to know information? You want to know when people got complaints? You should be reading it every day. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't hear you. That was. I said if you if you want to hear about the complaints, you should be reading it every day. That's what they always put on there. They always moaning and groaning about something, whether it's New Smyrna or Orlando Speed World or some other track. Uh, it's actually better if you probably don't. <laughs> well, like I said, I don't read it. I I, uh, I really respect the person. I don't care how bad he gives me a cussing if he calls me out and tells me who he is, because maybe part of it's true. Well, you know, I I would uh, have to say that's very true because I remember one of the first conversations you and I had was uh, it was a long time ago, and uh, um, I was uh, giving you a pretty hard time about some. I think we were talking about safety and safety of the th- track, Jack. Come on, yeah, safety, racing safety, and you and I went round and round and round, and uh, I think we finally agreed to disagree on some things. But I, I must say that in the intervening years, uh, not only have you you made the racetrack look a whole lot better, but uh, it is a whole lot safer facility than it was a long time ago. You know, I had uh, I was talking to somebody about that same conversation here just a few days ago, and I said, you know what, I said, there's two things I always remember uh, about Karnak. First off, I was the most dangerous man in the racing business, and then I am the most, now I'm the most influential person in the <laughs> You like that, huh? It swings and, the pendulum, don't he? <clears throat> but I, I tell you what, what was the, what was the, to me, was probably uh, more fun than anything was, Whenever I put out a five hundred dollar bounty on your uh, ponytail, on your ponytail, and what I could get, I could collect five hundred dollars <laughs> hey, for a ponytail. Hey, that's off now. Uh-huh. Off. Okay, but I, I remember Jack always get it. Jack always kept his ponytail tucked inside his jacket. <laughs> yeah, when I was around. But, but anyway, I, I I'll have to say is uh, I have a lot of respect for Jack Smith. Yeah, it, 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 it's been a lot of fun, and, and 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 even though at times Karnak can get a little tingly and get to the edge of uh, craziness, uh, it, it serves its purpose, I believe, to let a, people, a lot of people just vent and they don't drag it around all the time. Well, Robert, I tell you what, uh, we've come to to the end of this time here that we have tonight, and uh, I I can't tell you, I can't thank you enough for uh, uh, taking the time. It's the first time that we've ever done this with you on. Uh, our radio shows, and uh, it was sincerely our pleasure to uh, have had yeah, you on. It was a good time. I appreciate it, Robert. Myself. Uh, no, I, I, I want to say this is is I'm not very computer savvy, but I remember only one time that I ever answered somebody that had written something on Karnak, and I remember I was at home and I said I'm going to try this, and I sent the guy the answer which he was wrong and i got him straightened out and then the next reply came back from the same guy and he said you know what he said i didn't believe it but the owner himself replied and he said we agreed to agree on what i had said and that's the last person i've ever answered on the off of a you know had anything going against what I had to do. Well, he now see, feels like a very special person. supposed to work. Yeah, there you go. That's it. We will see you Saturday 
at the 43rd running of well, the Governor's Cup. I invite everybody out because it's going to be a barn burner. The weather is supposed to be very good, and uh, we got a lot of good racers coming. You got that Southern Sportsman Shootout too. We didn't get into that too much, but uh, the Southern Sportsman Shootout, and uh, of course, uh, uh, that's going to be pretty cool too. Uh, some of the best sportsman racers in Florida will be the big support race. And, we, and just in front of your interview, we talked to Davey Hamilton from the IRL. He's coming down to visit with sure you. Sure enough. That's right his, helmet, his helmet and driving suit. He's going to race a late model. Yeah, we got to find him a car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert. We will talk to you soon. Listen, thank you. I've, it's one of the one of the best highlights of my year right now. Thank you. All right, a lot of fun, Robert. Thanks so thank much, you, Robert. Thank you. Bye. Man, knows right. how to run a race race. Let me tell you, he does a great job and uh, really puts the word out and gets things going and rolling. Pretty cool, and uh, well, it's going to take a while to assimilate all that.
Racing, and we take you right back into the gullet of what's really happening in racing. And we're going to go out and talk to uh, my good friend and a great race car driver, Superman Sport Allen. Sporty, how's it going, buddy? Sporty, you there? Well, we couldn't have lost him, could we? What did we do? We must have lost him. Oh, oh, duh, duh. All right. Sport, are you there? Nope. Hang on a second. We'll see if he's there in the phone, and then we'll try again. There's always a technical glitch of some kind. All right. While Jack's uh, redoing the uh, hookup, we'll uh, see if we can't see if we can. <laughs> There's always something. Happening. Anyway, if you were at East Bay Raceway Park on Saturday night, you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes as much as a lot of us uh, have privy to now. But at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, Sport Allen, mowing his yard, gets a phone call. He happened to be off the mower putting the grass into the bag or something and heard the phone ringing and went to see who it was. And so when he got there, lo and behold, he's got a phone call that he just uh, couldn't put down. Sport, you make it back? We got him. He's here. Hey, Sporty. What's happening? Not much, buddy. Good to talk to you again. I was just trying to fill a little gap there and let people know uh, what the situation was, that they didn't know all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff that had gone on before you stood in Victory Lane and went, wow, I'm flabbergasted to be here. Uh, Catch us all up on it. Give us another rundown. You're you're out mowing your yard or something. Yeah, Saturday, man. I haven't been, you know, I I I haven't been racing hardly at all, or if at all. The past few years, and uh, I was doing my Saturday duty, man, mowing the grass, <laughs> and, uh, just taking a break. I have my phone out in my garage, and I come in to take a break and get a drink, and uh, Randy Burnett was calling. And uh, to make a long story short, I guess there was a couple guys up in contention for this ride, for the night, for the one night only. Robbie Smith wasn't feeling good that day. He got sick Saturday or something, so they were concerned about him. Took him to the hospital, and... Uh, they wanted to go ahead and run the car, and Robbie was cool with it. With somebody running it, just go out and run it, and not you know tear it up. Just take care of it. Well, long he, I got Randy got me in touch basically with Jay Hancock, who owns it, in a matter of about ten minutes. And now we're we're approaching three thirty in the afternoon, and they said we need somebody to run this thing tonight. You up for it? Yeah. So I come. Their their shop is real close to my house where they were working on the car. So uh, I ran up there and jumped in the seat and said it'll work for tonight. You know, heck. I'm not sliding around in that too bad, and uh, I'll meet you at the pit gate. i got to go home and try to find my helmet bag. I don't know where it was. It was buried in the closet. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, it's been since uh, we talked, like March, right? You were at Ocala, I think, for uh, Mulligan? Yeah, so last time I ran, and uh, you know, it didn't go as planned, so I kind of bailed out, gracefully bailed out, you know, and... Uh, and just like anybody else, you told me at one point that you'd kind of like figured, hey, I guess they ain't called by now. They ain't going to call. Yeah, it looks like that uh, Sport Allen, you have the same, you're in the same uh, same boat, so to speak, as uh, as Rob Elting. You guys, both of you love to race. It's just hard to get out there and get it done, huh? It's, I mean, you know, rides are tough. And and actually coming, coming across a ride is tough, and it's twice as hard to come across a good deal that has a team in place with, you know, guys that you trust to work on stuff. That, that's been my, my downfall all along. I've, I've always done the work, a lot of it myself. My buddy Stacy, some people have helped, but I had a lot of time available back then during the day. I wasn't working at UPS full-time. So, 
now by the time I get off work at eight o'clock at night, it's kind of tough to go to the race shop every night and uh-huh. get it done. So I, I'm I'm looking to find that deal where we got guys to help work on it and and do all that, you know, and just try to use my experience to help point us in the right direction at the track. And, and that's actually what happened the other night. I never picked up a wrench the entire night. They never let me do. I never screwed anything up because they wouldn't <laughs> let me. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, see, that'd be great to have that all the time. You know, um, you'd be able to race a lot better, wouldn't you? I, uh, it, it helped a bunch, man. I mean, my, my smile was absolutely genuine because I was so thrilled just that this took place in a matter of a few hours, you know, and, and I've always been waiting on something like this to happen since I was a kid to get a phone call to come drive somebody's car like that. And, you know, it's a super nice piece and, and I'm glad Robbie was cool with it, man, because I've known the guy for 20 some years, you know, and I was in shock that, that, uh, he was going to allow someone else to, to drive such a nice car. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely drives good equipment. Uh, he's been driving for a long time, and you know I've never been so lucky, Jack. Believe it or not, to uh, get a, to drive somebody else's stuff. I've always driven my own stuff, so um, that's why I've never been able to really be a great race car driver. I think because I'm always uh, worried about breaking it. <laughs> that, that does come into play. I have to admit. Now, now it comes into play a lot, especially when you can't afford to uh, go to the races and race. You know, because uh, you don't have sponsorship or you don't have money, you know. So, I, I thought it's pretty amazing, though, Rob, if you think about it with sport. I mean, he was uh, three years ago this time, he was writing articles about putting cars together for magazines. He was driving every other weekend or so. He was on the front page of Karnak every other yeah, week. Yeah, it was like something yeah. was, uh, you know, sport this, sport that, sport this, sport that. But to fall off the face of the earth in March <laughs> and just, you know, where is he? He's driving a UPS truck. Well, yeah, I man. guess they got the fastest driver around now, but good God. I'm getting my deliveries done pretty quick. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really get busy, too, with Christmas coming. But that, yeah, start putting in some long hours here in the next few weeks. And that's how... To make some racing money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A few extra tips coming up, hopefully, for the, some of the regular stops. But that's just how fickle this thing is, Rob. I mean, Rob knows that. I mean, you've got sponsors one week, and then, good heavens, if you had a good sponsor or a mediocre sponsor, and the and the stock market crashes, well, they could be on the phone on Friday going, "Hey, sorry, buddy, I can't help you out anymore." Well, you know, one thing's for sure, sport. I mean, if if the phone rings and you go get in the car and you win, then uh, that's sure going to be the best thing that you could have done because you know who's going to call next time. You know, I guess you could just hope that Robbie's sick again. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to mow my grass every Saturday now. Well, that's it. You should be doing that anyway. So, well, except for during the winter. Yeah, I, I've every, some rye, I guess. For the last two days, when I've been talking to Sport, I've been on the upside. But I, I had thought of this same thing, and I'm going to talk to him about it now. And that is, Sport, if you had gone out and gotten that car, gone out in that heat race, and in lap three, wadded it up, rolled it over, turned it upside down, you may never have gotten another call in your lifetime. No, it would probably been the, the yeah. fate of it, and I would have probably walked away totally for good and not even questioned if any call would have come in to drive anything anyway. I would have said, that I'm done with this. This, this, this ain't for me, you know, and it's run its course kind of thing, and now I'm kind of fired up to try to do oh, it. Oh, I, I, I could tell, buddy. I went to the trailer, Rob, and, and talked to him before the race, and he was still kind of fidgety, still kind of nervous about the whole situation, not sure, not sure. But, buddy, when he got out of that car in victory lane, I could see that the old Sport Allen was right there in front of me. You know, following this show tonight, we're going to have a replay of uh, last week's Inside Florida Racing where uh, 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 Todd Hutto outlined the uh, new Sprint Car Series 
Top Gun Sprint Car Series for the dirt racing. And uh, uh, are you familiar with that uh, sport? I have not been exposed to it. I've heard some a few people talking about it. actually talking to our Bill and I was good friend Taylor Andrews. I was actually speaking with him a little bit about that this afternoon earlier on, but uh, I don't know much of the details about it to be honest with you. Yeah, they uh, they announced it last week, and you got the four main tracks: uh, the four uh, Ocala and uh, Volusia and East Bay, and uh, uh, what did I say? North Florida uh, have put together a sprint car series, eight races this first year, next year, and. Uh, should be interesting. It's 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 a it's a thing in a, a move in the right direction anyway in terms of getting the rules all the same and uh, uh, it should be a, a good thing for sprint car racing. Don Reams is running it. What do you think? Sport? Do you have a car anymore? No, no, no. Yeah. No, I don't own anything anymore. Heck, uh, does Taylor does Taylor it's even cool. have a car? No, Taylor's he still got truck and trailer and, and stuff like that. All the stuff to do it. Yeah, mind. last time I was there, he had a dragster. Yeah, he sold the dragster again. He bought it back, sold it again. <laughs> He's a good trader, man. Oh, he made money in all, right. all directions. I'm sure there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Wayne Hammond's probably got a car. He'd probably let you drive it. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. One the other day. I know we're we're slap out of time. We're over the nine o'clock hour already. But uh, sport buddy, I I'm, yeah. I'm so happy for you. I just know that it's going to be going to be great things to come in the future. Uh, we talked about some of the times that. Uh, that were special to you over your lifetime, and uh, that'll get into the paper this week and stuff. But uh, I, I tell you what, I'm just glad to see, uh, uh, even if that was it, like we talked about, uh, and your mom, that was the last winter circle photo she gets to be with and, and so forth, that was about as much fun as you could have going to a racetrack and, 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 and be, for me, believing in someone and knowing that you could do it just if you were given the opportunity and the right equipment, and it just worked out, man. It was awesome. It was Congratulations, cool, Sport. Thank you. I appreciate it. Way cool, man. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight on Inside Florida yeah, Racing go, go Sport. Go eat your Alan. steak. Definitely. Th- <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for having <laughs> me on, guys. All right, man. Yeah. Superman Sport Alan, ladies and gentlemen. Look for him in a track near you because I bet he, he got the bug again. He would have eaten hamburgers had he not have won. There you go. Now, Rob, <laughs> before we yeah. get out of here, now we've been on a positive note here all night long in Inside Florida Racing. And that's, yeah, it was great, man. It's a great yeah. interview with uh, Robert Hart. Let me tell you, that guy. Yeah, so... Of course, this being what it is. And that's the first long, oh, good, yeah. in-depth interview I've heard him do. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely. done some other stuff, but yeah, not much. Absolutely. Um, so listen, at, uh, you know, two week or last week we, uh, we touched briefly on, uh, you know, they had an incident down at, uh, Charlotte County and yeah. Bobby threw out the $500 fine and, uh, they yes. were, they were still dealing with that and, and they've just made a commitment down there. He and Gary and, and his staff, they've made a commitment to keep the fighting somewhere besides the racetrack because they just don't feel that uh, redneck revenge and frontier justice has a place at a racetrack anymore. And so this week they had a big confrontation on uh, at the racetrack. Uh, Ron Abney uh, uh, was arrested and take, really? taken to jail for battery. He, uh, oh, is it? that Ron Abney from the Starfighter chassis guy? Junior, senior, it's the younger, the younger, huh. Ron uh, Abney. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were, uh, the police were called, and uh, he was arrested. And, and uh, you know, the, I talked to both Bobby and to Gary today, Gary LaPlante and Bobby uh, and Deal. And, uh, you know, 
They, uh, they hate to see it happen. They hate to see that happen, but they've made a stand that we just oh, yeah, cannot gotta... tolerate that kind of stuff going on at the racetracks today in today's world. And I just wanted to ask you, as a driver, your take on it. Uh, well, tracks had rules, you know, and uh, you shouldn't be fighting at the racetrack. I mean, really, I got involved in racing because, I was tired of the drag racing deal that we used to have to go through, and all the guys did was want to argue and fight all the time. So when I got into circle track racing, started in go-karts, it was always like a family atmosphere, you know, and the guys were always willing to help. Nobody wanted to argue and fight with you. Got into start car racing, same kind of thing, but out there on the track, it was kind of a different story. You know, the guys would, if you let them rub you, you know, they're going to rub you and beat you to death. So you got to have, you had to kind of take a stand one way or the other. But physical violence to where other people can get hurt, I think, is the issue. So I used to always tell the guys, listen, I used to fight before I started racing. And then I started racing, and now that's where the fight is. It's on the racetrack. So... If it's kept on the racetrack, it's one thing. What happened uh, over there the other day? Was it a fight, or did he hit somebody with his car? Well, there was oh, no, it was both. So he chased somebody down? Well, there was, there was apparently a, a uh, hit in another car under caution, and then eventually in the afterwards, uh, um, you know, they were told to, to leave and just go to their pits, and um, apparently uh, Abney didn't do that, and he took a swing and hit somebody, and... Somebody he was be arrested. He was arrested. He be arrested. Police were called. He was arrested. He should be. And, and if anybody, if he's got a problem with it, then he needs to just sit at home and fight because that's not what what goes on at the racetrack. You know, you settle it out on the racetrack. When you're told to go to your pits, you go to your pits and you just, you know, you deal with it. I have never in my years of racing ever been in any kind of trouble for physically fighting at a racetrack. Okay, there's been plenty of arguments. Um, I have been assaulted. I take that back. <laughs> At Sunshine Speedway one time, I was assault- grabbed around the throat by one of the racers there, and I punched him, but it was all in front of a cop, and uh, I was defending myself. Um, would I do that today? No. That was early in my racing day, so, you know. Yeah, we have the new mellow Rob now. No. Yeah, you know, so actually you shouldn't be fighting it. You shouldn't be fighting you shouldn't be physically fighting with anybody at any time for any reason unless you're attacked. Well, we do live in a different world, and uh, it's not 1970 anymore. And uh, yeah, You can't hit your kids, and you yeah, can't hit nobody I mean, on the track. To, in, 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 when we were in high school, Bill, if there was a fight, you know, people got beat up, and that was it. And it was a, no, you got, listen, Jack, listen, when we were in high school, when I was in high school. <laughs> well, yeah, you, what I'm getting. School, no, no, just, listen, when I was in elementary school, we used to get. Paddled, okay. Yeah. The teacher, right? The teacher, the principal. Today. Yeah. Well, now if if two kids get into a fight at high school and somebody gets a bloody nose, somebody gets arrested. That's just the world we live in. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're race, over if you're over forty five and you're from Mulberry, Florida, you knew Mister Dudak at elementary yeah. school. In well, battle. yeah, I, I agree. So you agree with uh, the the action taken by the speed? Absolutely, absolutely. No fighting at the racetrack. Um, do it on the racetrack, and that way the fans get to see it and they enjoy it. I think. I think a, a, the talking that goes on a little bit sometimes is kind of cool because maybe that gives it the kind of wrestling feel. But when kids are there, you have to remember that kids 
imitate. So um, I don't think it's a good thing to portray. And, you know, some people say, oh, the family thing, you know, you got to let them do this, you got to let them do that. I feel they should let them do a little more on the racetrack than they allow them to do. But for some of those that are drinking and driving at the races that like to get out of hand, now, I'm not saying that's what Abney was doing. I don't, I don't think he was. I'm just saying that I think tracks should work on, you know. Apparently they are. Some of their ones that are drinking and racing from out there on the racetrack or maybe some of their crew members from drinking and coming out on the racetrack and then uh, you wouldn't have those problems. Nobody that's drinking should be allowed to come out on the racetrack at the winter circle. Yeah, and this was this wasn't even one of those yeah, winter circle deals. This but, was just a But but a, thinking about the history and I've known Bobby Deal for a, a bunch of years here now about 15 of them and and his involvement with uh uh the students against destructive sure. decisions, sad and and yeah. and, the, and the and the kids working on their cars and stuff. That he doesn't want that to happen at the track and he's probably trying yeah. to do the best he can to to take care of it realizing that okay, emotions do come into play at sometimes, but there is a limit. Can't can't have it. They're, they have a lawsuit going on at uh, a new lawsuit at DeSoto Speedway over that exact kind of thing. Just physical violence. It's just not acceptable. And by the way, Rob, we have no new news on the sale or non-sale of DeSoto. Uh, no new news on the uh, situation at Bronson. Uh, no new news on the Sunshine deal. There's some there's some really good news though that uh, my 13 and 14 year old got to go out Sunday to Desoto Speedway and drive Magic Force for the very first time. Oh, ever. that's cool. Good. So, but we would say, you know, that was my answer that I was going to give Robert when he asked me if I was going to be racing this weekend at a track, and I was going to tell him, no, you know, I can't afford it. I'm actually waiting for Sunshine to open back. <laughs> <laughs> that's All it. Right. That's it. Hey, Rob, we'll go in together. We'll buy it. I don't have any money. That's okay. You just promote. I'll hey, uh, Rob, that. if there's anything I know about uh, that I learned tonight besides the fact that New Smyrna has the very best, best hamburger. hamburgers, I, I did learn that Rob has no money to go racing. Yeah. But if I see you at the track, I will buy you a burger. I guarantee it, and you can pay me back on Thursday. Uh, that's Wimpy. Don't worry about Rob. Rob's having a good time. I know, I know you, you are, man, and thanks a lot. It was a great show. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Rob. Great show, man. And at the same time, I got to apologize for being me. So, love you, buddy. <laughs> nope. I hope everybody had a good time listening to the show tonight, folks. Uh, same time next week, Inside Florida Racing. Uh, Cece Brooks will be back. Get better, Cece. Get your throat better there. She has a bad cold. I That's why she run so much better at that. Uh, yeah, she struggled through her. Already. Huh? <laughs> She's back already. I hear her. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Take it easy, Bill. You just kept staring at me and staring. Hopping and high topping. Hey, Lord, can't you hear me call?
When you're doing the same people again 